Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, Kevin. Travis Vogt. Hi, it's me, Matt. Well, here we are. I'm the only one using my full name. What, what are we doing? What are you guys in there? Kevin, oh, sorry. Kevin Wit- James Clark. You guys in witness protection or something? It. Yes, I'm in witness protection. Matt is <laughs> Matt Lynch is in witness protection, everybody. Wait, your name, your real name isn't Matt Lynch? No, that's my real name. Oh. What do you um? What do you can, since you since since you spilled no, the beans already? You. Can you tell us what you're in witness protection? No, for? I can't. Who you're it's, running from. It's a secret. You. It's not a secret now. You. We put it on here. No, that part of it's a secret. Who did you fucking snitch on? You fucking snitch. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? People yeah, know, what? <laughs> people know you're in witness protection and that you live in Seattle. So you know. The two things people find know about you. Matt Lynch. Witness protection, <laughs> Seattle. There's something about some sort of there's art. Other, form. There's other Matt Lynches in Seattle. They don't know which one I am. Yeah, I killed all the rest of them. I'm down to you. <laughs> oh, Are you like the Terminator? Are you yeah. go through the phone book. <laughs> Except I'm, I was whittling him down to, for potential podcast partners. <laughs> I had to kill wow. all the rest. <laughs> I deserved it. It could be only one. You've had a lot of chances don't ride on your to, friends to kill Matt over the years. I would say. Yeah, I've been dragging this out for 18 years or something. <laughs> the whatever, poison whatever is, is very slow acting. I've <laughs> <laughs> been putting like one granule of of glass in his food. <laughs> it's gonna add up, man. Like the strontium 90, you've been putting a drop of in one soda a year for me. Matt keels <laughs> over at 83, and I'm like, ha ha! <laughs> got, got, got him, got him. That was my favorite. Now the hellfish bonanza is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll thank you to stop pinching my butter chili. <laughs> Get to room. That was my favorite. Uh, I think my favorite kill, creative kill in Oz, was the where he fed the. Oh yeah, he fed the like glass to the ga- to the mob boss for like a yes. year, and he died from that, it. That, as they say, lives inside my head rent free. That one, the feeding, the feeding glass. That uh, lives behind the elevator, bricked up behind the elevator in your head, no, rent free. No, but later on they brick up Luke Perry. That's what I'm saying. Behind the oven, in yeah. the, in, and then and then it sideshow ex- Luke Perry, and then it explodes. And he's not dead, yeah. but he's burned. And I don't think it's played by Luke Perry when he's the burn the burn victim of that character. But he's like burned, and ever and he's like a Jesus figure there. What a weird show! And then uh, Whiplash crucifies that guy. And then at the end of the uh, in the end of the series, yeah, that's they, in like episode two. Isn't the series finale of that show is they do Macbeth? Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the original <laughs> prestige HBO Prestige yeah. TV that came before Sopranos, and that's when people and then Sopranos came and everybody forgot about Oz, but. I forget why, but I think, like I think maybe you Oz. watched it, and then I binge-watched the whole thing. Uh, yeah, Jensen, at, uh, our coworker Jensen recommended, or he was talking about it one day, and I was like, I'd never seen Oz, and so I, like, I yeah, I, I burned through it pretty quick, and then, yeah, so it was, it's a, I don't great know. Great show, watch Oz. It's kind of, it's kind of great, it's totally a relic, it's way more of a relic, like, the, the reason this, people are still watching The Sopranos is because it, like, kind of exists outside of the time it is in a little bit and then you watch Oz and you go like oh I see they were like doing like episodic TV but hardcore like they were trying to do like a you know like some I don't know it's like the NYPD Blue but more hardcore or something yeah. you know, and like, it's charming like, we already too yeah, yeah. Where it's got those like narration segments where the dude from Michael Ma- from Matrix Lost. Reloaded. Yeah, I don't love those. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of like, like floating around in, his, like in this in a, weird world. He's in a wheelchair. Also, and a box I, or like it's, it's classic HBO at that time too, where they're like, "We gotta get the HBO. We gotta get the tits in there." But yeah. it's like this is a prison, so what, how are we gonna get tits in here? And so yeah. it would always be flashback sequences. So every time it would be a flashback, it'd be like, "I'm remembering my time out before prison." It's gonna be like, <laughs> and I believe me, I'm gonna remember a time I was fucking a hot lady. Yeah. And, and then the shit went down right after fucking that hot lady. Yeah, maybe that's what it's like in prison. I don't <laughs> and know. now I'm about to get sure nailed is. to the gymnasium floor. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, good uh, stuff. Uh, uh, also, if you're if you're a fan of the by Sopranos, by J. Jonas Jameson. 
or the wire uh you'll you'll love it because it's like every episode is like hey that it's that guy you know there's like everybody everybody from every prestige show after oz yeah. is in oz at least for like an episode or two but a lot of them have <laughs> yeah. been on our show mr Not- mr echoes on oz yeah uh, yep. lance reddick Lance Reddick was on us. Uh-huh. Oh man! I remember. Uh, I remember also, yeah. when uh, when when the He's I went to see the Mummy exit. Returns, oh, no. and uh, and Echo, Mr. Echo, is in that too, and uh, but the, you know, Lost had obviously not come on at that point. But when he he showed up in Anna the movie, BC. the entire audience, and I saw this <laughs> in like downtown Philadelphia at midnight. You know, the entire audience just goes out of BC. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was awesome. That's amazing. The, that I mean, I. Uh, I, I don't know I haven't seen that guy in a ton of other stuff but like those performances as Mr. Echo and Adebisi couldn't be more different from the yeah. same actor. <laughs> uh, Tremendous one is, actor. Well, yeah, he's really good. He's very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those actors that appears and you're like, oh, this fucking guy. Here we go. And I always thought that he left Lost because he because of like some argument with them, but he left Lost early because his parents were sick and he wanted to go be with yeah. them while they were dying. Well, he also hated he hated shooting in Hawaii. He didn't like being there right. for whatever reason. But yes, and then his parents both got very sick. Right. And so he left. So I guess maybe it was a good out for him. Yeah. yeah Hawaii, uh, thank Hawaii God my parents sucks. got sick. Hawaii is really great for like a little while and then you're like, fuck, I'm stranded out here at 6,000 <laughs> miles costs away from $10 anybody. a drop. Yeah. Like, when, like last time I was in Hawaii, and I've been there three times, which is frankly Jeez, like one. This guy is like, it's like Mr. What? Hawaii over here. I don't he like famously it. hates Hawaii. We're doing a podcast with Don Ho. I don't much care for it. Like the last time I was there, I was like kind of like didn't. I was like, give me the fuck out. I was there for a wedding. How many like, times can you listen to Tiny Bubbles? <laughs> I was the guy where like my my brother had a wedding there, and he was like, we're doing it in Hawaii, and we're like, we're paying fuck. for you to come out. I was like, fucking hell, man. And they're like, what? <laughs> it sucks. And every time I'd go to a restaurant with like my parents, like the waiters like would come up and be like take their order, and my mom or whoever, my aunt or whatever, would be like, "Isn't it nice living in Hawaii?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, great. I, I got nothing here. <laughs> it's a tiny island. I can't escape. <laughs> it's so fucking far away from everything. Yeah, spam is a delicacy here. Yum." I've it's only been to Hawaii balls. once, and I disagree with Travis. I've never so. been. I want to go. Well, I think we're going to go next it's year. I loved it the first time. It's fun. Yeah. I was I was fun when I went there. I wasn't there for a fucking wedding, though, either. Yeah. that would I think that would change my tune, maybe, if I was there for like a wedding that I had to be at or something. So a wedding is nothing but spam and seawater. If I was a at wedding a wedding <laughs> that you know is going to collapse. <laughs> I actually did speak out. Yeah, you, you did not hold your peace. Yeah, I was like, it's a, it's just gonna this be is a, a farce, a sham a wedding, farce. We all know it. We all know this isn't gonna make it. Two years, two years max. And then they and went you, ahead with the wedding anyway. So why do they even bother? Ugh. Why do you even bother to ask? They were like, oh, right, good. Now we're gonna do the wedding anyway. So it didn't it didn't change anything. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. Did you go to? A, I went to a, a luau when I was in Hawaii. And they did the where they cook the the pork underground. Yeah, uh-huh. where they cook that. Yeah, so, that's always that's good. so fucking good. Mm. You had, did you have that when you were? Oh, in you got to go to a luau. Okay. It's the one. It's the one thing they got going for. <laughs> I mean, just it, for the pork. It was pretty. I mean, yeah, go for the pork, but the rest of it's not bad either. Yeah. I mean, there's there was a whole spread. You got a lot of fruity drinks. Yeah, you get a whole bunch of fruity drinks. I like that. A bunch of fruty drinks. Yeah, you they can got put poi. A, you got poi. It's been really hot in Seattle again, and I've been really wanting like a frozen boozy drinks. But why didn't you bring one with you? Because well, <laughs> first of all, first up. of all, it's nine thirty in the morning right now. <laughs> the second of all, when I wanted to do this, it was Friday, and like none of the bars in Ballard are open before like four o'clock anymore because there's nobody working in them. Fucking mm. because they're all getting COVID. 
We're all getting COVID. Yeah. Like my, you I get was, COVID. I was telling you guys, like I was supposed to go back to work at the bar last week, but one of my coworkers, who's vaccinated, got COVID. So you know, we were close for a couple of days. The breakthrough cases. But he's okay. He's okay. Henry's fine. But uh, you know, it was a mild case. He's okay. Right. But still, but you don't want to spread it. Get obviously. your fucking vaccination. Everybody, get your fucking vaccinations. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of getting vaccinated, <laughs> sorry, we don't. <laughs> if you don't value your freedom, go ahead and get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. If you want to have that microchip in you. Why would telling you, you telling you to to buy Windows? Right. Yeah, I love that. That's like <laughs> Bill Gates is putting you in. Like, what? 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 I got that second vax, and all of a sudden, I replaced all my Mac products with the uh, with PCs. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, I wasn't swearing at Windows every day at work for being a huge piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I yeah, fuck you, Windows. You're good. You're you're really good. You're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What did I just did I just say that out loud? This fucking win. This fucking Windows program is great. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Thank Gates. Thank you, Bill Gates. <laughs> <coughs> oh no, it didn't even work. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, we're having fun. We are having fun. There's no reason we can't have fun. We should have fun. Oh, by the way, if I'm you, not if having you, any fun. Matt's never having fun. He's not oh, capable of it. Oh no! He had that part of his brain removed. On purpose. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, remove the, no. Remove the part of my brain that makes me have fun. <laughs> did you remove the part of my brain that, that makes me have fun? You did it so you did that so you would be able to enjoy Michael Bay movies. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! God damn it! There it is. We have a new king of slams. <laughs> hey, y'all pranked me on the Patreon, so I have to... <laughs> Motherfucker. Come back. All right, deserve, well, let's get I started. That. You can't do better than that. Let's and, you know, speaking of, mur- speaking of murders. There you oh. go. <laughs> speaking let's, of murders. Let's get into our uh, let's get into What our are we movies. doing today? We're going to do three movies in, in, uh, in which uh, which star the great Deborah Winger. Have we decided what we're calling it yet? It was a debate because there's we a actually, lot of good choices. We actually have an, an embarrassment of riches in this case, which yeah. is not usually the case. It's usually like, ah, I guess we'll go with that shitty one. Should we put out a Twitter poll or something? I think we should actually. I think this is the one rare opportunity that yeah. we can put out a Twitter poll. I think that's what a are good the choices? Because they're all good, actually. I personally, I think we all favor our own, too. I like, well, yeah, mine was Wind Beneath, wind beneath My Wingers. That's I like, terrible. that was mine. I like that one. No, that's what I said. Oh, I thought, mm. okay. Well, Somebody's had Winger and a Prayer. Winger okay. and a Prayer. That's also terrible. And uh, mine is Abracadabra. <laughs> Which is great. No, eh. it doesn't it's have win- great. No, I don't. I think that no way. Abracadabra. I'm a. I'm. I'm. What about Paul McCartney them. and Winger? <laughs> <laughs> that's a. That does sound like a good uh, band. Admit, yeah. Hey, look, what is Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney and Deborah Winger? Yeah, just in a band together. And Deborah Winger's doing the ET voice when she's singing. <laughs> Pretty good. I would love that. Deborah Winger did the voice of E.T., just in case anybody was confused by that. She did do some voice work, too. Some voice? It's not the voice? I don't. Th- I think it's like... Ouch. I think some of it's like harmonizing with three like other people. animal noises or whatever. It's So it's Deborah Winger harmonizing with like three dogs, and that's E.T.'s voice? Yeah. Well, I think they mixed Ouch. it. It's like a sound... That's mixer. what we should call it, Deborah Winger harmonizing with three dogs. <laughs> Bill Burt, you <laughs> son of a bitch. But only one of these movies is a real dog. Uh... Well, we'll let Twitter decide and, uh, and uh, almost certainly disappoint me. And then I'll ju- and I put just, the, just and put I put these up and I'll just end up choosing my own anyways. So uh, that sounds good to me. Democracy doesn't work. 
This is a terrible project. Well, let's get started. Let's get started. Oh, we're doing... Uh, did we say the, the names no, of the movies? Didn't. No, we didn't. All right. Mike's so Murder. So we're going to do 1984's Mike's Murder. Finally, after many, many, many requests from, from all of you, we're going to do 1987's Black Widow. Yeah. And 1990's <laughs> Absurd, <laughs> Everybody Wins. I look yeah. forward to going... Which <laughs> apparently I thought was uh, written by Harold Pinter, but is in fact written by Arthur Miller. Oh, uh, close. Honest mistake. He he is probably one of the what's one of the two or three most highly regarded American playwrights of all time. Mr. Burns has Death of a Salesman running in his house. It's Arthur Miller. Nazi. He's probably won a Nobel Prize yeah. and a Pulitzer. And uh, just as a little spoiler, it fucking sucks, <laughs> and it's mostly his fault. I mean, it's based on a one act. It's everyone's fault. We're gonna get to it though. You oh. gotta you gotta you gotta wade through the rest of this before we get to the really bad stuff at yeah. the end. We're but, saving we, the, but, then, but not really. We're saving, the, we're saving the worst for bad. For, yeah, for saving last. the worst for last today, which is. I enjoy that. No, but this is—it's an interesting worst. At it's, least it's not boy. just a thing. It's not like uh, assassins or captivity or something where you're like, "Well, anyway, we're going to talk about this movie that just basically sucks uh, for too long." <laughs> well, it's, uh, but first, but first we have the. We're going to talk about Mike's murder from 1904, yeah. directed by the great James Bridges. Mike's eyes. When we were together, he'd say we were the only couple. It made me feel so special. He was fresh out of Ohio. What did he know about the city? He seemed so innocent. Mike's smile. I looked up in the sky and saw the moon is full. And I thought of you. I did everything he told me to do. And anything he wanted me to do. Mike's touch. There's nothing I could have found out about Mike that I hadn't already suspected. But I didn't care. Mike's needs. There was so much. Everything I found out just made it more exciting. Mike's guilt. That could have helped him. I knew that Mike was living on the edge. It's the best of the three. I think. This is my favorite of James Bridges' movies. Director of Urban Cowboy. Yes, the great Urban Cowboy. The China Syndrome. The China Syndrome. China Syndrome. Perfect. Perfect. A movie that apparently think people think is bad, but is actually quite good. The highly underrated Perfect. Yes. I actually suggest people watch. It's that's a that's a movie. I whenever I recommend it to people, it's like. And it is like the one where Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta are doing aerobics, yeah. And that is in the movie. But like, I watched it and was like, "Oh, this is a this is a look at uh, journalistic integrity." Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, "Oh, this is not." And it's full it of is great about performances. That. Yeah, John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis are great. Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner is great. Spectacular in it. In it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I get to see John Travolta thrusting his weird semi-erect wang while he's working out. You do get I mean, to see you that. See the that whole movie. A, you could see that in a lot of things. It's the though. whole movie. <laughs> I watched it. I put it in. No, you're thinking of staying alive. You're thinking of staying alive. Yeah, staying alive is that. (laughs) The script for Stallone for staying alive, right, was just like, John Travolta's Wang, the Uh, movie. uh, I read book. Miss Smart. (laughs) Intro day. We open on John Uh, Travolta's Wang. King Shark wrote it. I don't want to get too derailed to talk about the Suicide Squad, but that is my favorite Stallone performance in a long time. Oh, speaking of derailed, are we ever going to do derailed? (laughs) We can do that at some point. (laughs) Sure. Uh, We could do another planes, trains, and automobiles and... uh, Find, just find excuses to put these <laughs> movies in the can't. show. Uh, Anyways, Mike's Moiter. Mike's Moiter. Mike's Moiter. <laughs> so, okay, so this movie, interestingly enough, according to according to rumor, yeah. was originally filmed to be edited in reverse chronological order. So you would start at the end of the story and move back to the beginning of the story. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. I can too. I don't think that that's entirely accurate. Have, like watching it again the other day, I mean, I think I think there was definitely some something like that, but it, it seems like it was meant to be a bit more flashback jumble structure mm-hmm. than straight like end of the story to the beginning like memento style. Maybe I think it would work that way though, because when oh, I was it watching it with would. that in mind, and the I, end is absolutely the beginning. Yeah, when I was yeah. watching it with that in mind, it like was like oh, it would the ending would 
where they meet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just be. It seemed like it'd be more poignant as opposed to the way it is, where it sort of just is like, yeah. oh, okay, now. I uh, think it would benefit from wins, a from a bit loses. less linear structure in any in any fashion because yeah. winner disappears from it for long stretches. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I, the reason I think it's more slightly more jumbled is because of the motif of her playing the piano. Uh, that like the the what's the tune that she keeps playing? Uh, just seemed, sounded like scales to me. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's cyclical, so it's, it's just like scales, it keeps yeah. going back and it keeps uh, like going around and around uh, and around. Uh, yeah. But it just starts scales. the movie and ends the movie. Right. I think. And but, but in the middle, she plays it too, and it, oh she yeah, keeps he messing it up. It. But it's out of tune. Mike used yeah. to tell me about you and your yeah. C scale. You get you you with the C scale. You're like you remember that detail. Right. Like quite a specific. It detail. just seems <laughs> like the you know he the, was talking about the, that? the the story kind of like Roboroses on itself. It keeps going back and forth on itself. Yeah. I mean, at any rate, like what what whether or not it was supposed to be edited backwards or jumbled whatever happened some studio heads saw it and went no, no way yeah and then yeah. also like made him get get rid of this uh, joe most of the joe jackson score or the joe jackson score but they kept all of his songs are, his are songs. in the background and stuff yeah. so but they got john barry to do us with the john barry score is really good I think the score bad. is great well, it's i mean it's because this movie is as it is is really good yeah i think it's just that like when you read about it how it was supposed to be yeah i would like to you're see kinda, what they were like, make. Oh, i wonder what if he was allowed to make the movie he wanted to make i think it would be something that people talk about yeah as opposed to a movie that like you don't that nobody knows about really. Yeah, that almost nobody's ever heard of. Maybe like, it would have been more. Yeah, this movie's no, nobody's ever heard. It's of really it. Maybe good. Maybe it would have been more sincere. I, I don't know. I think this movie's very good the way it is. And, yeah. And like the overarching structure w- would be less interesting to me than the way that it's made, which is like a, a it's like very like low to the ground, realistic. Uh, it's a very deliberate pace. I wouldn't say slow, but some people might think so. And it's just really interested in the intricacies of these people's lives. Yeah. And there's it's almost like no mystery. I mean, you know what happened from the beginning. Like, you maybe don't know the details, but you understand pretty much what's going on yeah. right away. Yeah. And the protagonist never really interacts fully with the mystery. She only gets to the fringes of it, and that's frankly too much. Yeah, we know um, way more than she does by the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and she, she just gets to the fringes of this shit, and that's already scary enough. Yeah. I, I liked I liked almost everything about this thing and uh, mm-hmm. like and the way that it opens is kind of like I don't remember like does it just open with them sort of frolicking around they're playing, playing tennis. tennis yeah uh, of course I like that but then like uh, w- <laughs> like after that just just sort of like <laughs> for those of you who don't know Travis Travis likes to play tennis it's not just a weird non sequitur <laughs> uh, well of course I like that oh, you know me I like that. Johnny Tennis they call me <laughs> you can tell from the temper tempo of my voice that I love tennis. <laughs> of course, I like the tennis. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love tennis, but but yeah, it opens but, with them. But it opens tennis. with them playing tennis. But then, like one of the when the the fi- plot finally kicks in, like you know, five minutes in or whatever, we get to a shot of a person at a burger joint just making a burger. I yeah. love that. It's it's awesome. Yeah, all these great like it, there's all these great little pieces of procedural in it where it's showing yeah. you how, what people's jobs are, and I can't explain why, but I love that shit. I always love that kind of stuff. That's like the same the same reason I love like ca- that's why I love like caper movies and stuff like that or like con artist movies because there's always the part where they're like. And here's how it works, and it does yeah. like a whole thing. And then the good ones, where it's like, and here's how the thing works, and you're like, ooh, wow, I get to see how this. Or like in Titanic, where they're like, and here's how the boat sank. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh I, yeah, that's my favorite I do, stuff. I do like that in Titanic. No, I'm I, think, I think that's one. Of, that's one of the keys to Titanic being good is that it's like, and here's how the boat sank. And so later, so, when it starts sinking, you're like, like oh, I know oh, what's shit, going on. I know on what's now. going on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So later on, when Mike is like, Mike's the burger the killed me, you're like, I know how they made that burger. <laughs> made that, yeah, the burger. The cholesterol in the burger but I got lo- him. But I do love that like you see that whole burger getting made and then delivered to the character, and then the scene goes on from there. And, I don't think yeah. that burger looks very good. That's what's great about it is that burger, as it goes along, you kind of go, you kind of go like, hmm, okay, huh? Hey, no. Because the first thing, <laughs> but, it look, but, it giant, look, but it looks real, these though. These giant oh, yeah. tomatoes the that are on there. The huge fucking tomatoes. And then they're, 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 they're brown gunk that they just pour it's on chili. it at the end. Oh, it's chili? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a chili burger. burger. But, oh, but, it just looked like mud. But the slice of tomato is like an it's like it's an enormous. Inch thick. It's like a coaster. It's maybe what too thick. Is and there's two slices of the <laughs> burger. It's the strangest burger ever, but I still love the scene. And then also, and that place is real uh, and is is still open today, I believe. It's called Tony's. Or Tommy's. T O M Y. Oh, you used to go there? No, we looked it up. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would. Like, there's giant slices of tomatoes on this, and I, I don't mean, want a chili burger. What are we doing here? You don't? You wouldn't, even wanna, you wouldn't even try a chili burger? Let's go, let's go to Mike's and get you a chili I burger. Guess. All right, we're going to Mike's and get a chili burger after this. I haven't been to Mike's in a while. Mike's. No. It's kind of gross. Yeah. But, uh, but it's been on TV. Yeah. World I, I, make, I make really good you chili. Know we so. go Travis to, makes better chili than Mike's. You know we should go before it starts to get cold again. We gotta go to the I, PI. Oh yeah, summer's almost over. Before anyway, it starts to get well, cold you guys again. gotta tell me what that is. After Pacific Inn. Pacific Inn. Oh, okay. Well, I'm coming. Never been to Pacific Inn. No. Oh, God. what? Or maybe I have. I don't know. All right. <laughs> anyway, in Fremont. Is. The point Fish is, chips. the point is, most of this movie is about this making of a burger. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, we got a little the, off. The off end track of the movie, there. he puts the top of the burger on, and you're like, oh shit. Oh, I get it. Mike's and then he murder. goes, hey, did you hear about Mike? He got murdered. Here's he was burger. he was killed by the man who with the egg suit and the man who's dressed like lettuce. They chased him all up and down the ladders. It's a good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be a Burger Time adaptation yeah, when I started, but it, was. but it is. Well, originally it was called Mike's Burger and Mike. Scott, Mike, Mike, Mike at some point runs out of pepper and he just has, he That's can't it. do it. The He's pickle gets run. him. The pickle gets him. <laughs> <laughs> that pickle's a badass. But like I, like I was saying, a bunch of procedures. So you see this burger getting made and that's at the beginning. And then at a certain point, like it doesn't even have to be interesting. There's a part where, because Deborah Winger works at a bank and she's at the window and she's like. Don't it, you miss don't, those things? I've missed these. Cause they I still have yeah, them somewhere. I thought of that it's too. A, it's a pneumatic tube bank yeah. and that the cars would pull up to and then they would do the exchange through the tubes you that I remember going to with my mom. Yeah. And so, and so this scene was like, there's all kinds of stuff. Stuff in this movie that was like <laughs> fucking 1984. They've got yeah. the uh, perfect. Oh, They've got the pneumatic that's tubes. That's how I felt when I was perfect. watching it too. They've got the pneumatic tubes at the Bartels in the in the bottom floor of my apartment I building. So in the garage, love pneumatic people, tubes. People drive up and get their prescriptions, and there's a pneumatic tube thing. I love it. It's so fucking cool. Take the dog out past there. There's always somebody getting a tube. That's the high. That's the, the high tubed. point of technology right there. <laughs> it's the high water mark. Oh, absolutely. There's so a series cool. of tubes. Foom, foom. Well, I worked at a mo- we worked uh, Kevin and I worked at a movie theater yeah. where you would send in it, it was like the box never, office never was, got oh, old. Is that where you would well, send the, the deposit from the, the box, box office? The box office yep. was removed from because it was outside back then. It was removed from the rest of the place. So you to the to safe s- was up. It was and the safe was upstairs. So yeah. Oh no, it was downstairs. It was in the concession stand, wasn't it? There was a pneumatic tube that went upstairs. There was two two pneumatic. There tubes, were two yeah. pneumatic tubes. <laughs> Two tubes, Fucking great. Yeah, two it tubes. was. It was actually really fun to use that tube. You're like, ooh, I get to use the tube. Can yeah, I shoot? You the open it the up tube? and you hear, a yeah. and then you close it and it goes. <laughs> and if you were up in the office so when, when, when the deposit happened to come up, like if you were hanging out up there or whatever, it would, you'd, you'd be like the. <laughs> you yeah. see the thing? Oh, I swear to God, if I had a pneumatic <laughs> tube next to my bed, I'd be able to go to sleep. Like just to hit, like send a tube up, and I'd be like. <laughs> now the only now the only tube you have is YouTube. But you can't. But instead, you don't sleep. <laughs> see, we see. Technology is bad. Yeah, there's probably YouTube. Someone, has someone done an ASM, ASMR of uh, just pneumatic I'm tubes? I am certain there's Boom. one out Ten there. Ten hours of pneumatic tube sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be one. 
Anyway, what's what's happen- like, what happens but, in Mike's murder? All right. Uh, actually, <laughs> so, frankly, so it's like the, the way that Deborah the, Winger, what's cool about this movie is the way that it's made, not so much the story, which is very limited. There's not, not a whole lot happens. No, but Deborah Winger is plays Betty. She's just a regular lady who works at a bank. Yep. And she's she's, she's kind of having an affair with the tennis pro who's giving her tennis it's lessons. On again, off again, because yeah. like every time they see each other, they point out like it's been it's a while been since three we months saw you. since we saw each other. Yeah. It's been yeah. this long, but they're kind of dating and th- and like when you get later in the movie, there's evidence that they that there were they definitely had hooked up more times than we're mm-hmm. seeing in the movie. Yeah. But it's not like it's it's not like they live together or right. like they're it's married. They're not or even or really boyfriend and girlfriend. Boyfriend girlfriend. It's a very casual on again off again thing. Yeah. But she is in love with him. She yeah, she does care for him very much as as evidenced by like she has a friend she has her friend uh, Patty or whatever her name is. Yeah. Who's who plays uh John Travolta's aunt in Urban in Cowboy. Urban I, I love this lady I want to talk and about. She, oh, later she's constantly too. going like this Cowboy. this dude is like, you know, he's unreliable and he doesn't say the things he doesn't He's a flake. You know, he's a flake. Yeah, he flakes out on you. But yet you love him and she's like I do. I really like him a lot. Well, he's you know? very he's very very charming and he's very attractive yeah. and he's also like he's weird <laughs> he, part part of the reason that he's flaky is that he's probably embarrassed about the lifestyle that he lives and we'll get to that later yeah. on and also and she very, she has a, she has another on sort of on again off again boyfriend that we see and he right. sucks yeah he's like a video oh, he's I, li- I mean yeah. he sucks but he's fun yeah, yeah, yeah like he's good just like this this he na- like they na- really nail the characters in this in this movie James, they feel real James Bridges does in, that in this and in perfect too he nail there's like these particular characters like that, that like, yeah. that like are side characters that he just really, uh, I mean, Urban Cowboy too, but like that he just that real he really nails in like one or two scenes, and you're like, man, this is really fucking good. And he he portrays everybody with like complete empathy, like everybody, oh yeah, everybody's their own person with their own, you know. It, he the, just lets he doesn't it's pretty unjudgmental the dork yeah. who she's dating that we are not supposed to like that she like is like whatever about yeah. he is not the, he's not the, like a bad guy yeah he's not treated as a joke like look right. at this stupid performance artist dipshit which he is he actually has but, a, but even that scene where he like starts to talk about how like media is changing and blah, yeah, yeah. blah blah and she just looks at him and like mm-hmm. like gently caresses his face is like you're so full of shit and he's like I know and she's like you know, super endearing yeah yeah, yeah like after great. hearing him b- b- prattle on well, like this even, she goes he's like, she's like you're not even listening he's like you? he <laughs> basically he said this is the sort of stuff that he says he's and he's like an artist a quote yeah. unquote like a video he's a video a artist, video yeah. artist. <laughs> And uh, it's Sandra Balgianali, uh, but he's like, uh, it's uh, it's like I always say, the ephemeral is is eternal. And he yeah. says stuff like that, and she goes, "You're so full of shit." And he goes, "I know." Yeah. Like that's fucking yeah. awesome. It's a great. Where it's you're a great just sort of Like I don't like this guy, but I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But Mike, I mean, Mike also. But Mike is very likable, but also, but also un- he's unknowable. A, also, he's like you know he's. High on cocaine most of the time. He yeah. is a, he is clearly de- a drug he's, dealer. He's a drug dealer. Well, uh, oh, he's he's not he's not like. But I mean, but lying about that to her either. He's no, no. Like, I'm he says, go deal he says straight, straight up that he's dealing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's 1984, so Deborah Winger's like, yeah, sure. And also, go, like when he he get, he sees her, he's like in trouble because some guys are chasing him, and he gets into <laughs> her car, and he's like, some guys are chasing me. Why? Well, I've been dealing drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm know? not I'm not living that well. Yeah. Because yeah, he's a he's tennis like, instructor. For, I'm, I'm going to go off and live him. at this house. What are you going to be doing at that this that house? He's like, Some work. Yeah, I'm just going to lay low until it, things cool off, he says. Uh, okay, that's the kind of information where it's like enough for her to know, like, oh, I know what this guy's deal is, but not, but still also not know anything. But that's uh, the last time she sees Mike. Yeah. And then... Uh, he calls her a couple times. There's a really charming scene where he calls her up and they have phone sex. Yeah. He initiates phone yeah. sex. 
So close your eyes and, and all this sort of stuff. He's he's able to just like worm his way back into her heart like pretty easily because he's, even, he's he, a charmer. And even though he keeps missing dates and stuff. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because of drug deals <laughs> gone <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> or being murdered. Or, or being murdered. <laughs> but before he's murdered, he still misses the date because he's on a drug deal. Yeah. And he doesn't, he oftentimes doesn't even know what fucking week it is and stuff. Like he'll be yeah. like, what? What day is this? Oh, shit. I missed a day there. And he may he may stuff. be doing a lot of drugs as a. Uh, as He's well doing as a lot of drugs. Him. We see a person that, that seems way more coked out than him later on. Oh yeah, his Who, buddy, his friend Pete, his friend Pete. Yeah, Pete, who nobody likes. He's like that guy in this this kind of story where it's like. Uh, why do we? And then he started, why do we I think so when he goes like, out. I think he started bringing that Pete around, and mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, <laughs> and it, and it's it's pretty clear that this guy is like, yeah. I mean, I don't know that that Mike would have been on the straight and narrow otherwise, but this guy clearly is not a good influence on Mike. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, well, I think it's pretty much you can blame you can blame Pete for all the bad stuff that happens to everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pete's a dumbass. Yeah. But I mean, also, Mike could just be like, I'm not going to be friends with this guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know know what I mean? Like, at some point, Mike was like, I think this guy's cool and I want to hang out with him. And you're like, as soon as you see him, you go like, this guy isn't cool and why would you hang out with him? (laughs) Well, early, so the first part of the movie is just sort of him and um, Deborah Winger's sort of weird, uh, quote unquote, courtship. Where they're attracted to each other, she loves him, but she's yeah, second scene. There's a sex scene, and uh, but but she's not like an idiot, and she's aware of like what kind of guy he is, and she's she loves him and loves being around him, but isn't like I'm not gonna like you know at, like fall over myself pining for him. Like I'll go about my life when you're not yeah. here and all this all this. She like she's a normal person. Yeah, uh, and then we finally kind of get into the uh, the nitty gritty of like what Mike's doing. Yeah, and and he's like drifting around with Pete, and Pete is this blonde dude, and he's just like he reminds me of Todd Parker. Yeah, he's he reminded like, me of like cross between Todd, Todd Parker. Parker. Yeah, Todd Parker and, and like Perry John, King and like Johnny Rotten. He looks like Perry King. <laughs> yeah, he looks oh, like yeah. Perry King. Which is fun. What's fu- which is funny that he reminds you of Todd Parker because Mike, this whole movie, the way that Mike reminds me of uh, of Dirk Diggler, yes, Eddie Adams, absolutely. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's like kind of I don't, this I don't innocent, know. If, innocent involved in this. I don't know. Pete Anderson has has cited this, but it like yeah. is like one of the rewatch 1984. It lo- like he looks like like. Eddie Adams like looks like yeah yeah like Mike in this movie yeah I I I, 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 I would think that he's seen this before I would imagine it yeah. feels very at least certain parts of Boogie Nights if, if PT Anderson if you're listening and you haven't seen Mike's Murder you should it's very good give me a text send me a text PT <laughs> shoot us a, shoot us a yeah shoot us a text <laughs> shoot us but a uh, but yeah so they so they go uh, they they're like these these just sort of ancillary like low level drug people and at a certain point um, they're going to like the drug laboratory to pick up the drugs. And uh, were they dropping off the drugs? Yes, they're, they're dropping, dropping off. Yes, drugs. They're, they're making a delivery of drugs that, to the guy who cuts the drugs. For that's distribution. It's like a laboratory. That's another great scene of watching people do a thing because it's like they've got the drugs. The guy cuts open the one, the one bag, and he's like, you know, they, and it goes through the whole process of him like testing the drugs and this and and like there's it's there's so a, it's so it's there's so a thing long about it's this so scene that really irritated me. Oh, what's that? It's very minor. But one of the things you can tell that he does is he's got the he's got the brick of, of cocaine and it says one forty on it and he weighs it and it's one forty. You would never do that. What? You would not want to put the amount of weight of the drugs on the drugs. If somebody finds them and they will oh, see how much yeah, it weighs, yeah, yeah. then you're in trouble. Was it wouldn't that be part of their like like they would, balances? They would system? just have to know some other way to do that. Oh. You wouldn't want that like this is a, this is this much drugs in a thing. 
You wouldn't want to say that on yeah, the front. With, I guess with cocaine, you don't want there to be that, that well, much wait, like, um, accountability. Wait's a, wait's a key to accountability yeah. for uh, for drug prosecutions. You and wouldn't you, do that. Yeah, okay. Well, there you right. go. <laughs> it's still a great scene, like the procedure of it, yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. you can tell what's going Jeez, on. Someone's got for a microscope. A, they put the coke under a microscope. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is this is very look at the coke. But then they 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 have to they have to leave the the two the two like people who I guess live in this this mansion. And the they're not the doctor mansion. the doctor dude the lab guy goes to answer the door. No, the alarm the alarm goes off and him and the lady go like we got to go you yeah. guys stay here. He leaves, Don't steal any of our drugs. They leave Pete and and then Pete's like gets the idea they looks at Mike and Mike they're just kind of there's a lot of great scenes in this where people are just kind of looking at each other yeah. going like yeah. and you're like there's they don't he doesn't say like I hey hey Mike I think a good idea would be that we, we steal, steal some, some of drugs. These drugs. And he goes I don't know. Yeah, okay, let's do it. it they just look at each other, and they're kind of like, yeah, I think this is what we're doing, and they steal some yeah. of the drugs. Pete and just that's... right away grabs a Ziploc bag and scoops some of the drugs into it, rolls it up, puts it in his pocket. He's like, they're never going to notice. They're never going to notice because they already cut the bag open. They already they took, already some, tested they the took weight. some yeah. out of it. You know, the weight's already tested and stuff, which yeah. I think is why, even if it's in, even if it's inaccurate, is why the yeah, 140s. I mean, well, it may be how it's for it, the audience. It, well, I wouldn't call it inaccurate. It's just like, I think it's a stupid thing to do. Maybe that's how they did it then. <laughs> it's bad yeah. drug dealing. And may, it's I mean, just bad drug dealing. Maybe that's why they don't. Maybe that's why they don't do it anymore because they're like, oh, you know, we used to write the numbers on there, right. and uh, whoops. But, al- but also, I think it's a good detail for the audience to have, because if you pick up on it, then you understand why they think it's okay to take some of the drugs, because exactly. they've already been weighed and tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that whole scene is important, because yeah. it's like, uh, it, you know. I think it's funny, though, because like w- when they first start, because these, these are just like these cokehead douchebags. Mm-hmm. They're not like players or anything like that. They're, maybe they want to be, but they're dumb. They're Todd Parker and, they're Todd and Par- Dirk Diggler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think, think Todd Parker and Dirk Diggler, exactly. Um, but they, the, the bag's already cut open, and they then they pull open a baggie, and they're going to start scooping some in. And I'm thinking, like, they're going to just take a little for for a party, you know, to party yeah, yeah. a little bit that night. And it's like no, they so take, much they coke. take like ten or twelve ounces it's, of stuff. It's, it's a lot it's of like it's a lot thousand dollars worth of coke. It's like a floor. noticeable amount. <laughs> it's definitely you know I who's, you know who's going to come looking for that much drugs. Drug, drug dealers, dealers. <laughs> drug dealers don't like that shit. And then, but but also like, well, as you might have picked up at this point, this is the <laughs> this is the incident that leads to the titular Mike's moiter. Yeah, and uh, and, and you're kind of like, man, murder's pretty heavy. Like even like organized drug dealers don't. Um, that seems like a, a big thing for this. Even I mean, that's a lot of coke, but. Murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could get in real trouble for that shit. But they keep on pointing out like these are real serious people, and this was a, this was like a. It's punitive. Punitive. It was a punitive. Like to 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 point out to point yeah. out to others. This is what happens. What is yeah. Paul? I mean, Paul Winfield, who shows up later. What does he call it? He's like, this was a this was an enforcement killing. An enforcement mm-hmm. killing, exactly. Because yeah. people keep going just for a little bit of coke, and he's like, yeah, well, you don't fuck around with these people. They're yeah. fucking nuts. <laughs> There's a lot of like um, you see them breathing. Cormac, Cormac McCarthy with yeah. the cartels. Sort oh yeah, of thing. this like, very much are, reminded me of the counselor. Are, these people are yeah, the counselor particularly. Were like these people are like unknowable and all powerful yeah. and like infinitely evil. And it, it, like this, this like real mystery yeah. behind him, and we never really meet him. They're even presented, yeah. even like that. They're no, like, you never they're see kind anybody, of like really. enforcing hitmen. We never like find out their names. We just sort of see them from a distance, yeah, or we yeah. see their arms or something like that. Well, yeah, there's yeah. a part at the Fantastic. there's a real chilling part at the end where they like they dump the when body. They got the body when those guys are dumping the body. Yeah, yeah. Oh God! Like that part. <laughs> that part's so good. This whole it's movie is filmed nuts. in such a great way that's like it's so uh, procedural. Yeah. Like even even this even the intimate scenes a little bit, but not yeah. not in a I don't mean that in a way that it's cold or removed. No or no anything, no. But just that it's very like e- everything feels of a piece, like where it's like okay, and now yep, and now here's these guys, and they're gonna take this, this and body, all, and they're gonna they're gonna dump this body, and that is a very unceremonious way for this character to go out. <laughs> it's all little mini stories, you know. It's like yeah. 
You all, I mean, you can, even divorce from their context, you can tell what's going on in the moment. These guys are dumping a body. This guy is testing these drugs. Yeah. You know, these guys are having a drug deal, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, so you cut no matter, no matter what order it's cut in, you'd be able to follow what's going on in an individual scene right. and, put the, and put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I think yeah. Also, a movie that's it why it's so dialogue light. A movie it reminded me of that uh, Matt and I both loved at a Fantastic Fest several years ago uh, was this one called Too Late. Oh yeah. Uh, that I don't know if it ever even. I think it might be on like Prime or something. It like they yeah. never came out on Blu-ray. Never. I think got a brief theatrical release. But it's it's John Hawks and he's great in it. Oh, wow. And the movie yeah, the second time I saw it, it's not as great. But it's like a movie that it's all. He shot like one it's five stories, five stories, but it's all one full reel, reel, and and it's it all one take, thirty-five. So it's all one. So each scene is one take, and it's like five different. And it's kind of the timelines kind of jumbled. And this, oh, I remember that. This yeah. made me think of that a lot. And I mean, if you can find it, I, I recommend watching it. It's it's imperfect to uh, say the least. But uh, if you if you're it, but it's John Hawks, and so that part of it is actually perfect because <laughs> yeah. he's always great. We should do that on the show because it's like it's like one of the only yeah, maybe. truly great Tarantino knockoffs. Yeah, that manages to be both insufferably annoying and like spot on perfect. Yeah, but this uh, this reminded me of that a lot, and you pointing that's why is because it like every segment of this movie feels like you could mm-hmm. put this you could put these almost put any of these segments in any order because there's long sequences, and uh and then you you would at the end be able to put put together the story. Yeah. Whether or not it was told in a linear fashion, and I think it might be it might be more exciting if it wasn't told in a linear fashion. I think so. Yeah. But uh. But I mean, the way that it is, the way the one we have is really is still mm-hmm. good. But anyway, yeah. So so they take the drugs, and then uh, and then you know this just leads to the in in the way that in like again again like the counselor, a lot of the stuff that you see is you don't see it. It's like yeah. indirect, and so Pete and uh, and Mike yeah. are like hanging outside of a club, and then Mike go is like about to go into a club to do some more dumb bullshit, most likely, and then you see these two guys just kind of go like, "Hey, come with us." That's his place. No, he's going into <laughs> oh, that, is, he's is going to his place? apartment to get something. I'm going to go get something. Because then they because then he goes inside, and they take him inside, and then and instead of seeing people like mow him down yeah. or whatever, you just see these two guys come up to him and just sort of like, ch- and you see Pete go like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, and yeah. he just drives away because he like he knows that that's it. Yeah, and, and we don't see Mike get killed. Nope. We see the aftermath later on. No, yeah, that's Pete. Deb- oh, is that no, no, no? no, no we see Deborah, we see we see the aftermath of Mike. We see the aftermath of Mike later on. Yeah, Deborah Winger goes in and sees the. Great oh yeah, scene. yeah. It's, and it's another great scene and because it's, like it's shit these, written on the walls and stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, and it's like a day. It's I a like day later. The body. No, 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 yeah, no. yeah. No, it's the crime scene. We never see Mike. We never see Mike again. There's yeah. old brown blood all over the walls. Except on video. And Deborah Winger walks in, and then there's the but she like they don't know that she's coming or anything like that. So the people who were like cleaning up the scene are just like bullshitting. Yeah, they're like giggling about something that has nothing to do with anything. And there's blood. There's Mike's blood everywhere. Fucking great, man. I I really like this movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like at this point, she gets a call from this dude who this dude named Sam Sam who was friends with Mike and this is where she finally first starts getting like a feel of like kind of what Mike's Mm -hmm. life was and Mike was kind of like a rough like a what are they rough trade hustler he was a hustler drug drug dealer sort of some sometimes he's involved um with like uh, who's who's who's, what's the Paul Winfield Paul Winfield is like one of his one of his guys what about Sam though Sam is a character that I found Sam has a crush on Mike he's got a crush on Mike he's a photographer I found Sam to be like a character that like with the movie treats with empathy which is good but also where I was like he keeps taking pictures of her yeah, and stuff, and I was creepy. like, and at no, at no point, Deborah Winger is very good in this, and it's not, it's just like, in at no point in the movie does she go like, you're kind of a fucking weird creep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I mean, but he's you know he's presented in this way that's very sweet, and he's like got a, he clearly has a has a crush on on Mike and hates Pete, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody right, hates rightly Pete. so. Uh, but like it's just very because she's like looking at these pictures at his house of yeah. Mike and he's like walking around her taking pictures. She does say like, "Could you <laughs> stop, you stop doing, that? doing that?" And you're like, "Yeah, could you stop doing that?" And also like maybe at one point you should go like, "You took pictures of me <laughs> they're, from they're like very, your window." They're and shit? very like close like like zoom lens photos yeah. of her like get, kissing Mike and stuff yeah. and it's like Jesus Christ dude but, I thought you might want to have these pervo these pervy <laughs> pictures that I took while looming in the bushes or whatever the fuck <laughs> Look I was wearing Christ. a trench coat it's all on the up and up <laughs> But he seems like a nice enough guy yeah. But he's, he's got he's like, like a statue of a naked uh, of a naked dude and all yeah. this sort of stuff He's an he's a nice guy um but at the same time you're kind of like this is an interesting world that Mike had certainly not told yeah. Deborah Winger about Betty yeah. And she, and she's kind of like going deeper and deeper into this and then eventually uh she finds out uh, through through well, one way or another about Paul Winfield. Yeah. Well, and this I mean stuff's I, great. I assumed that that well Sam is the one who tells her that Mike is dead. But yes. I assumed that she found Paul Winfield because that's the house that she dropped him off at. I think it's the house that she she so dropped she him off. So she just went to the house. There's a part where she goes up there and she's at the front of the drive and there's a like a pause where she's like debating whether to yeah, turn around or scary. keep going. Yeah. Because this is like she's her. just looking down like a long driveway that she can't see the end of. Because yeah. <laughs> she could just not go there and be like, "That sucks. I Did love he? this guy. He got murdered. Yeah. You know, it's well, I, but who I am move, I? But move on. I work at a bank. Right. But she, she's can't like, let, she can't let go. But she can't let quite let go. So she has to go in there and see what's going on at this place. And we'd met, we'd seen Paul Winfield in an earlier scene because Mike ran by to give him some money owed him, yeah. but only half of the money he owed him. Yeah. <laughs> And this is great. She meets this himbo who's like another one of Paul Winfield's yeah. dudes. He, he's he also imperfect. He keeps hot yes, dudes is. around. Is that dude imperfect? Yeah. He's great in and this, he's just too. Like, he's just he's like got the videos dumb. of him like doing push-ups and dancing and stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, hey, we, we, we want to hang out? You want to do a little coke? She's like, no, okay. No, no, I don't. And he's like, all right, anyways, I'm going to do some. And here's this video. Here's my Chippendales audition. Yep. You can hear Mike in the background. And Mike's going like, yeah, good job with this Chippendale. And this dude's like stripping down to his skivvies and stuff like that. Yep. This and, and this is the one part like I think this is a very realistic movie and this is the one part where it kind of goes like well all right <laughs> like that this is some bullshit <laughs> I I mean it's it's fun but still I don't so know it's like this the video this videotape and he's like okay now get a load of this part here and it and it goes and then it goes oh, to well, a new yeah. new part of the video where it's like uh, Mike shows up and he's mad and then he's getting into a fight with Paul Winfield and like they're like yelling at each other about stuff yeah yeah and there's just the ca- well, yeah. I guess the cameraman's just there recording the whole thing and then they put it on this tape you got to remember what a novelty video cameras must have been and the guys yeah. probably it's like I got this camera and it's on all the fucking time now I guess so probably. It it's seemed, well, it's it very seems, well shot. It seems like completely uh, real, realistic to me that it would even be there. It reminds me of the of the um, the, the home videos in Mission to Mars. <laughs> where you're like, this is very well shot for home video. Did you watch this that movie? Like a, this is like Brian De Palma. Did you watch it. that uh, Val Kilmer documentary? That's all his home movies. No, I haven't seen it yet. It's really awesome, yeah. and and he's really good at using that camera. Like, it's oh, well shot. Way to go, Val. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was. Un- I think I think the part that is the only thing that's unrealistic, if that's the right word, is like that. Like, there's pertinent information on this particular right. video yeah, tape. It sure is. It's like not so much the way it's shot or whatever, but more that it's like, and now here's this next part that will be pertinent to what you're investigating, yeah, yeah. young lady. It's just very and noticeable because this movie isn't isn't spoon feeding you the plot as it goes along. I like this scene I happens where it, it really what, does. What plot? Yeah. I like yeah, exactly the motif of the videotapes being like a memory like replacement. The ephemeral is eternal. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> no, I mean it's exactly why that's I exactly mean, why not, that's in the movie. You're so full of shit. <laughs> 
I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, that is a reason that the video that that video guy is in there, and then there's a video of you know Mike and. All and this. then, but then there also it's because like, Mike took a drank a bottle of wine, a very expensive bottle of wine, is why uh, yeah. Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield li- loves his. But good But there's wine. also the scene later where we see the video art that the guy's making, and like Deborah Winger and her friend show up on the video, yeah, and what a great she's scene. like, "Hey, it's great." And- <laughs> You know, that shit's really funny. This The way that that's, like, yeah, mediating everybody's experiences and their memories of what's going on. Yeah. It's an interesting little motif. Yeah, because this this never, like, be, like in, like in becomes a complete obsession for her life. So her life goes on, and she ends up, uh, yeah. like, while the... the yeah, the this isn't like, like her life shuts down for a week while she investigates the murder. Like, this happens in between her just regular daily life. You yeah, know? so she's so it's Richard is the guy's name, and it's, she's going to go to his opening. And her friend... Uh, ba- or, Patty, I think. Patty. Uh, I love Patty. Uh, she's like, you want to go to Richard's opening? And she's like, Pfft. and they're both like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, we'll go. And it's this pretentious, like, but but extremely well attended, like sort of video art nebulous, like some yeah. sort of just art in general sort of show. Or remind me of that old TV party show. The, the you ever t- watch that show, no. TV party? No, it's an old 80s uh, basic cable show. Anyway. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing, you know, that, yeah, it would be, they're, sure, you, you know you know the right person, the right, right people, you tell them you're having this party, and they sit, they yeah. hook it up and turn it into a party, you know, it's yeah. like, and a lot like, of, like, 100 people are there, cause, and they don't even know why, they came for Coke or whatever, pe- not yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But there's not people walking the around with, like, trays of drinks, Oh yeah. and then there's, like, like lots of punks there, and at one point, uh, Richard is interviewing, like, live interviewing, so it's like, you, you see him on, on a TV screen, but he is, at, yeah, yeah. at that time, interviewing, like, a punk named Spastic. Yep. He's <laughs> Spastic, what do you think about the ephemeral nature of art and can mankind push through the limits of memory or whatever? I like? don't fucking know, I don't man. Know, bro. Doesn't Richard end up getting in like a fight with somebody? Yeah, and then the punks start like start start some shit with them, and then that's when uh, Deborah Winger and her friend just are like, ah, fuck this, and they leave. And that's it. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. But I, I just wanted to point out that uh, that uh, Betty's Betty's friend Patty. Patty. <laughs> I can't remember that name. Is looks and acts exactly like my mom's best friend. <laughs> oh, Patty. Her name was Barb. Oh, but all of a similar type of name. <laughs> Her name was Barb, and she looked just like that, and was like similarly. That's yeah, great. Like my mom's best friend, and all. <laughs> so like, there, like this movie takes place in '84, and re- and I lived in '84. I was six. And you lived really, in '84. I lived '84, man. I saw all of it. I was six. Here Woodstock '84. And it just and it just really <laughs> it really like. Is dated in a perfect way, where like, yeah, this this feels like the time that it came out. Yeah, this movie. My it, mom's friend yeah. is in you it. You sound like you sound like Stephen Ellis. Did this? Uh, does this, 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 this take place in the time, the time it, it was made? Or sorry, I was a little bit of scarecrow ephemera wow, for that's you. A, that's a deep cut for, <laughs> for maybe maybe one maybe, or two people who are listening. I'm not sure anybody who's listening to this will understand that reference. Just real quick explanation for that is when we were, well when I he was there when I was working there too, but it was a guy who would come up and ask completely unanswerable questions yeah. about movies, <laughs> would, usually about anime. The famous one, the anime would be like you know, when does this Gundam take place before or after these other Gundams? You'd be like, I don't, I have no I have idea. No idea, and but I can't find out. Do the people out. in this Gundam know each other or seriously are they friends you are not making that up there would be a, but there would be a, uh the the main one that he would do would be like he'd bring up a movie and go like does this take place in the time that it was made or does it, or take, does place it take place in a different, different time. time or whatever and it <laughs> would like, be like a i don't have never seen this before none of us have seen this shit <laughs> b what <laughs> Yeah. But uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, what were we talking about? The ephemeral Thanks, Mike's Stephen murder. Nature, nature of, um, Mike's, Mike's murder. Uh, so Mike's been murdered. Yeah, and, and basically, like, uh, she's, she, she kind of, like, 
does a little bit of investigating. She goes and visits this this guy, sees the videotape, and uh, and just is sort of like, I'm just a regular person. What more can I do? And during this whole time, Pete is on the run, and I really like his subplot too. And and, and you you think that his, like Pete's story is going to be a sort of like this shitty dude like becomes maybe heroic or something because that's the way that's the way a yeah. usual arc would go no, or like remotely. he finds he no. like saves her at the end and like the he just gets worse he's like not sli- he's already a shitty dude and he's like not sleeping nobody wants to take him in because everybody knows that he's a dead man yeah. yeah he talks to sam at one point over the phone and sam's like you don't steal from these people you're a dead man yeah. i can't talk to you goodbye and, and sam like, is like fuck. a sam is almost like a sweet hobbit when you see him in other scenes and yeah. this is how he talks to this guy you're like, dead hey, well, dude yeah you. i love that scene where he's on the phone with sam and sam is like look uh he's like can't you talk to him for me he's like well i tried but they said no so you're dead <laughs> you're dead yeah you're he's, a dead man come on it's uh, that also reminded me of the counselor like the, the whole chunk at the end of the movie where he's trying to he's trying to like rescue penelope cruz and he like <laughs> everybody's just like no there's nothing you could do about it yeah, yeah, almost yeah. like supernaturally is, yeah. evil yeah. cartels he's in, like it's uh, not my fault like i didn't steal and they're like we know and we don't care yeah it doesn't fucking matter we're gonna we're gonna kill anybody that's even heard of us before there's yeah. like there's like that scene where brad pitt tells him like you think you can exist in this world and not be a part of it <laughs> yeah. i think I, so, fuck, I gotta watch that movie it's, today it's i gotta so, go and watch it's so it. weird though that you bring up the because i think i think the counselor is good i actually i enjoy it but it's like when you're talking about that it's like the Maybe the problem I have with that movie that I think this does, but it's not. It's not constantly having characters. Oh no, it's not written by long-windedly articulate McCarthy. I mean, it's not that kind but of. I mean, no, no. you know, they this don't. Not that doesn't happen in. in yeah, uh, yeah. That doesn't happen in no, no Country for Old Men either. It's no, just no, like not Cormac at all. McCarthy wrote the script for that and went like, "I want the characters to say paragraphs of shit yes. that is about what this is about." <laughs> and yet, no one will know even once it's over what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, the counselor is like the last five minutes of No Country for Old Men. If it was sure. a whole movie, yeah, or just like right. no answers, no nothing. I do, just I do pure adore bleakness. It. No, I, I like it too. Yeah, uh, but I would, if I was going to recommend it to anybody, it would be with many caveats. Oh, like, yeah. I hope you weren't expecting like a like a regular to movie to, of any to kind. learn or know anything about anything mm-hmm. that's happening. Or it's I still wish they, would, they had not replaced Cameron Diaz's uh, dialogue. Yeah, that's very. <laughs> very weird because i feel like in this too though like the difference the other difference would being that like in this you do have a uh uh character that you like yes in yeah. in, in betty a clear Deborah, protagonist who Winger. you root for like you were like and, and, and what what you're rooting for is whatever but you're like you are with her on her yes. journey of t- discovering what is the deal with mike or whatever which is a weird it's so weird to just because her performance in this is so low-key mm-hmm. so there's not there's not a ton of dialogue in this movie. No. She's yeah. not doing a lot, but she's great. And there's some really great kind of just honest, uh, uncomfortable stuff when she's talking to Paula Winfield, yeah. uh, particularly about, like, because she didn't know that Mike was, you know, bisexual or whatever, and, and he has to, he almost, she's just like, what? She kind of, like, freaks out. She's like, had no idea. And then and then Paul Winfield even has to be, like, kind of a little bit reassuring to her, like, oh, hey, look, hey, you know, I think he was more straight than anything else. Right. If that makes you feel, you know, like, this. it's very weird and, and feels very true for He's the so good, and and he's like his Paul scene. His scene great. is like the centerpiece of the whole movie, where it's because like ten minutes where he, she's it's hanging out at the, at the house and hanging out with Paul Winfield and that him. He gets dude. to talk a lot. I like this. I like when he takes her out to the backyard and he's like he offers her some coke. It's on the table and he's like she's he goes help yourself. Everyone else does. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's just this rich guy. I think he works in the entertainment industry somehow. Yeah, I think he's like a music producer or something like and, that. And then people just sort of live off of him. The more we talk about it, the more I think Paul P.T. Anderson had to have seen this movie oh, before man. he wrote Boogie yeah. Nights because it's uh, this feels like a sequel to Boogie Nights almost. <laughs> like, 
Or well, like, a side like, story. Well, just like that, like you know, what? When does that movie end? Maybe 1983 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. This could be. This could be Dirk Diggler the next year. Right. Yeah. You know, like is Mike. This is how Dirk Diggler ends is as Mike being like, like he gets back <laughs> into porn for a bit, then he f- goes off the off the reservation, and you know, then he ends up. Uh, oh, we found we found his body. He's in yeah. murdered, brutally murdered in an apartment. In a, as a revenge killing for murdering Ray Hat Jackson or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Or for robbing him. <laughs> that one time years ago. So Pete's just, so Pete's just kind of like pinging around from one place to another, it's and eventually he finds he finds a uh, matchbook with uh, with Betty's uh, number on it. Basically tracks her down, and so you get this this final scene Oof, where Pete, Pete is in fact not the does not be find like some other gear to become more heroic. He sort of like semi kidnaps her. He has no plan. Well, he assaults her in her house, and he's got. He her just is like hostage. maybe this last person that I know barely. He like talked to her over the phone at one point, and he's like, Mike always said you had a great ass, and he's just so like kind of grabbing her and he doesn't know what he wants to do she doesn't know what he's, he's she's terrified he of is like strong he out. is complete he hasn't slept in days and is coked out of his fucking mind i like the way she gets away from him he's got her she's got him in the kitchen and she just starts rocking the the refrigerator so and going it's an earthquake it's an earthquake yeah and the bottles are falling, bottles are falling the, but he's like oh, oh shit ah. she manages to get away and like barricade herself in the room with the piano right she pushes the piano up against the door and yeah. he's just coming after her. like he does he, he right. is, he's like on pure instinct this but point. then somebody comes doing. in and gets him this yeah. is amazing it's so good this is spectacular it's so it's fucking terrifying. The too, whole that whole sequence he's, is really he like scary. Pushes yeah. the he like because she's barring the door with with the piano, but there's another door to get into where she is, and he's overpowering her, and he's just about to get in. So you can see him through the crack in the door, and you see these arms yeah. <laughs> encircle him and drag him away, yep. and he's just like ah ah, and you can see her point of view, like looking at the walls of her house and like panning across as you can hear his voice as he gets dragged out of the house by phantoms. Yeah, yeah, they're like the phantoms from the end ghost. of Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really amazing. It made the hair stand up yeah. on the back of my neck. And then, then isn't like the next scene like they're dumping his body in a hole it's somewhere? So grim. Yeah. And the and the and they've they've like um uh, choked, choked him out with plastic and there's his a rope, like and there's it's a going rope around it yeah. into his mouth so it looks like a cartoon ghost just go. It's a death mask. Yeah, it's a rictus. And they just dump his body and drive away. And they away. dump his oh, body. Yeah. They don't even bury it. They just dump him. They yep. just put it. It's at like this construction it's like site on this pit, but at the on the, like the side of this ditch. It's I mean someone will find that body right away. It's yeah. like they're not even they, they don't, don't even care. Fuck. No, no, yeah. they don't. They're they're just putting it there. Like someone yeah. will find this body. And then it'll get back to the people who need to know. Yeah, that, yeah. You know that another enforcement killer. But the guys who are dumping the body there were hired to kill and dump the body. They don't. Yeah. They got paid for that. They yep. don't give a shit. Nothing yeah. to do with them. Uh, oh, but it's funny we that never you talk really about see. how they're phantoms or whatever. Because like throughout, earlier throughout the movie, after Mike's murder, when Pete's going back to his house, you keep every, he keeps seeing like. Mm-hmm. These guys, he like standing and he's like watching where his apartment or whatever, and you see these like shadows. Yeah, you just see these shadows of guys constantly walking by. And when he's in that apart, the other apartment later, when he's after right after he's on the phone with uh, oh, Sam, man, this is another guy, great, there's a guy great at the scene. window, and it's another like shadow. Yeah, yeah. You never see. No, these the, the, what's best about this is that a wo- is that guy ha- has a woman like knock for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. so he sees the silhouette of this yeah. woman, and then he's like about to go open the door. You see this like silhouette, uh, yeah. another silhouette, kind of pull up yeah, next yeah. to her, it's a, and it's clearly so a good. guy. Yeah, it's there's like stuff like that where this is a very like low key, low, like low to the ground, uh, subtle movie, but it's also fucking scary yeah, and really ineffective good. at times it's yeah because because of the way that it's made yeah it's it's really great 
Oh. And that's it. And then, and like Deborah Winger has gotten out of it. She's she she got close to it, but not cl- well. Not ne- so close. She's, she's she, a problem. The next we see her, she comes back. She comes to her apartment. She's in her apartment again, and she's it's like months later. Or yeah, weeks well, later. We, yeah, we don't know that yet. But she she calls. She gets a call from her mom, yeah. and she's talking to her mom on the phone. And she's like, "No, you know, I just came back last night. No, I didn't sleep very well, but I'll get used to it. Can't like, stay, I can't I, stay on the couch forever. I can't stay uh, at Patty's, Patty's couch forever. forever. Yeah. And it's like it's clear that she was really traumatized by what happened, but she's like had some time to try to get over it, and she's finally come back to her life. And she's checking her mail. I always think this is funny when people do this in the movies, where they like, they have like a stack of mail, and one of them, one of the things is a package, and they just don't seem to notice that there's a whole package. And they're like, "Oh, look, a bill from Time Magazine. Oh, look, like a phone bill. Wait, what's this? Like, yeah, huge like, when I, whenever I get a package, it's the first thing I open. Like, oh, 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 who the package? Because that's either something that you were excited about that you yeah. ordered, or like a surprise. Or like, what is this package? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's from the ACLU. Never, uh, mind. never mind. <laughs> oh, Bernie Sanders wants more money. Uh, True Value geez. hardware coupons. Mm-hmm. I may. Have already won how much money? <laughs> Make America great again. Uh, I do want to do that. Yard service. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so she and she opens the package and it's photographs from Sam of like her hanging out with Mike. Those, those two. Once again, it's like this is pretty creepy. It's it's, very, it's like it's, a picture of her on the toilet. It's, <laughs> aw, Sam, you sweetie. It's like it's like. Yeah, s- sweet yes. in the in the world of the movie, but it's also like that thing where you go, well, is this is this a little creepy? But this I, guy's but a little, I like, like weird spying hobbit. Up I in love this that about it though, because like it ends the movie on another note of like sl- subtle dread. Right, yeah. right. Not that he's spying on her. Or something, no, but nothing just, like, like nothing is bad. Nothing bad is going to happen. It. It's just like the awkwardness and weirdness of the situation. The, like it's yeah. just uncomfortable, and she'll yeah. never maybe be comfortable again. You, brushed, you just brushed up against this world, and here are some huge blown up pictures of you in intimate right. situations. Yeah, it ends with her doing the scales on the piano, yep. which yeah. is and which was at like the beginning, which was the start over the tennis scene and over the the yeah. sex scene. But I think that her at it the happens multiple times at in the, the beginning. Movie. The uh, her the piano is out, out of tune, and so now it's in now it's in tune. I don't Amazing. know. I don't know. It's and a, that's it's that's like, where the movie like, would have like started. It's like poetry. It rhymes. I really <laughs> like that last scene where she's on the phone with her mom because we know what's going to be going on, so we know what they're talking about. But that would have been a really interesting scene to start the movie right. with. Like, yeah, what, yeah. Do, what do you mean she hasn't been living at home? Who's Sam, and what do these pictures mean? You know, yeah. I thought you would want these. Is the note that he attaches to it, and then she plays. She sort of mysteriously plays the piano and looks very wistful, and then we start to go back from there and fill in all those blanks. It would yeah. have been like a very non edgelord version of Irreversible, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. You say. know what I mean? Like where, yeah, yeah. like, because Irreversible, which is a movie that I, I like, but I'll never watch again. But sure. like, but like that has that same, but it has like the thing where it's like really fucked up at the end. It's like, and then at the end, it's like, oh, it's very sweet. It, it would end this if they this but, went backwards like this. It would end the same way because irreversible mm-hmm. with all the horrors that happen at the very end. It's just them like mm-hmm. frolicking and then her having in that like that like beautiful picnic in the park and stuff. And this, so this would end with them playing just tennis. joyfully playing tennis with right. like. We nice would have been a sex it. scene and then them playing tennis. Yeah, and it would have been like oh. And it also it would also sort of begin and end with the same image of them right. like she's kissing him while they're playing tennis and yeah. stuff. But but it wouldn't but. It wouldn't be like going from fucked up to nice in no. that like real didactic way. It would have been like here's because nothing. The only really terrifying suspenseful scene is I mean there's suspenseful stuff throughout, but the really but is just that one scene where Pete, Pete yeah, in the house. Like the rest Pete. of it is so low key that it's like just sort of works its way into you. Mm-hmm. But there's not you don't see Mike's murder. No, there's no big. There's like a chase scene at the beginning where they're getting chased by drug dealers and stuff. But like you don't. You know, there's not a ton of action in this movie. Yeah, but it still is. But it's still really exciting. <laughs> yeah, in its in its way. 
Yeah. Like if you if you have the the patience for this kind of like slow boil sort of uh, yeah. sort of realism, the I this is this I'd never heard of this before. This is a really good movie. Uh, Matt had recommended this to me a bunch of times, and I think I'd been putting it off for the last yeah, few yeah. years because I knew we were gonna do it for the show at some point. So yeah. I didn't. So I was like, well, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I I don't even remember. I, I encountered this one before it came out on on video because yeah. I I went on a big James Bridges kick, and I was like, well, what's this one with Deborah Winger? I've got to see this movie, and I think I downloaded it. Like off of uh, one of my torrent trackers that I use that had a rip of it from TV or from an old tape this is or something. A long time ago. Yeah, at least at least ten or twelve now years ago. Now it's on a Warner Archive disc. Yeah, it came out in two thousand and nine on Warner Archive. It should be on a. There should be like a Blu-ray. There should shit be a of Blu-ray. This, I don't. It's it be, yeah, yeah. Because the the version that we were watching, you know, I want to I want to see. I think it's I have not a feeling super easy movie, to see. Yeah, I have a feeling this movie looks great in the in the original yeah. format. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 like one of those movies that's like. Needs to be re- rediscovered. I want to see that disgusting burger made in high definition. <laughs> God damn it! That burger looks good. Too. Uh, but here's a here's a line. This is the himbo guy. This Chippendales himbo guy, and he's talking about Philip Philip the um, guy from Terminator, <laughs> uh, Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield. Uh, before before we meet him, and he's like, he's the captain from Wrath of Khan is who he is. They're, oh, he slit their throats. Yeah. He's crazy. <laughs> uh, Philip believes that the moral majority believe. Philip believes that the moral majority, believe it or not, is being funded by the mafia so they can keep everything illegal, sinful, so they can clean up. I love that. Like a fantastic little statement that is like, I don't know if that's 100% true, but fe- but it is kind of true in its in its way. It's not, not I think it's, it's, it's not, not true. It's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, certainly the certainly the uh, or the the mob does want that so that they can make money, whether or not the moral majority is part of it, I don't know. Uh, this is and this is just I, I found this very just to get an idea of like how charming uh, Betty's character uh, Deborah Winger's character Betty is. This is just her answering machine. She goes, "Hi, this is Betty with one of those dumb machines. So leave your name." And her answering machine is huge too. Machines. Her answering machine is totally 1984. Answering machine is gigantic. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I love it. Technology, right? Uh, ratings. Uh, I'm gonna give this four Juds. Nice. It's like the fifth time I've seen it too. Wow, it's really good. Uh, Deborah Winger's awesome. Uh, I love. I would love to see. I would love to see the original version of it. I would love to see the original cut, but not because I think it would be better or worse. I'm just curious. Sure. I think this movie is great as it stands. Um, I would. I would definitely like to see what was envisioned, and I'd like to hear that Joe Jackson score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm but the score is it, very good. I'm gonna give it uh, two John and a half. Yeah. I'm gonna give it two and a half Douglases. There's some sex stuff. It's not sleazy really, but it's there. Yeah. Um, and like the whole, the insinuation, you know, uh, for its time felt probably more prurient about him being a hustler and stuff yeah. than it does now. But, you know, it's there. Uh, and then I'm going to give it uh, two disgusting chili burgers. <laughs> two. Ugh. Man, man I, I imagine eating one of them. My God. I think they look good except for the onions. The tomato. Oh. You want you want that? You don't like tomatoes. I love tomatoes. Uh, you, I don't like onions. You, are, you contain multitudes. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm also gonna give it. Uh, I was gonna go with three and a half, but I'm gonna jack it up to four after this conversation. And just like because this movie needs to be, this is another one of those movies that like, hey, get out there and watch this fucking movie, everybody. Yeah, this is really good. I can't, I can't think of a whole lot of problems with it. It, it is a little bit slow, but that's all kind of like by design. Yeah, Every, yeah, everybody's great in it, particularly Deborah Winger and Paul Winfield. Uh, and man, when it gets like the the exciting moments, just because they really creep up on you, because the way that it's made, I, I tell I'm telling you that scene where the guy gets grabbed. Oh, it's awesome through the door. I I, I just went like, whoa! <laughs> it really f- spooked me out. Yeah. Just like yikes. Yeah. Uh, 
two. I'm just going to give it two Douglases. There's some sex stuff in it and a lot of implied sort of stuff. But uh, I don't feel like the director found the stuff that maybe the audiences would find sleazy to be as sleazy. And it's all done with empathy for yeah. the most part. Um, and I'm going to give it uh, one ghostly suffocated corpse <laughs> <laughs> on, the side, on the side of a pit. Uh, I'm Ooh, gonna a pit body. A pit body. <laughs> Is this free? Can I? Can I just grab this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna leave it here. I'll come back in three hours. If it's still here, it. if it's still here. That's mine. I'm taking it. <laughs> Make stew. Hey, you get yourself a stew. Get yourself a stew. Uh, hey, you gotta let the meat come off the bones oh, first. You yeah, gotta simmer them off. It's gonna take a while. Put yeah. it in the slow cooker. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna also give it four. Oh, I'm tempted to give it four and a half after wow. dis- after discussing it Love because it. I I just it because. After discussing it now, like now I want to watch it again. Yeah, right. Like I feel like oh, you know I want to look at this movie again, and it's one of those. I think it might be better on a second viewing. I bet. I, I tell you, it does get better the more times you watch it. Because just because like it's one of those. The first time you're watching, you're kind of going, "What is the deal with this movie? And what am I watching this for? And what's happening?" And then you get to the end, and you could watch it again and go, "Okay, now I know what happened. Now I'm now you'd be watching. I'm going to watch the beginning scenes for what clues they have toward. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, also, I love this kind of shit. Like the. When I when, and this happens sometimes because we get crazy shit to watch in the splice room, but just like I don't know anything about. Right, this you never movie. heard of this. I what is that, this thing? I knew that Deborah Winger's in it, and it's called Mike's Murder. <laughs> yeah. And you're that's watching great. it, and you're like, yeah. Oh, and you're like thirty minutes in, like, wait a minute, this movie's great. Yeah, this that's is not just like a good movie. This is a, a great real, movie. Real, one that's, of those things you get to discover. Yeah, know? that's all I knew. Except and also that Matt had recommended it to me for years. And, yeah, I didn't even uh, have that going. I'm going to give it, I'll give it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with four. Maybe I'll give, maybe we'll bump it to four and a half Judds next time I watch <laughs> nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it is funny because this is James Bridges, which was the the inspiration for me texting you guys, but we should watch Deborah Winger was because I watched uh, Urban Cowboy for the first time recently. And I was, bl- I was blown away by Deborah Winger and that. I was like, all right, I forgot about Deborah Winger. And she is at her, her most adorable and awesome in Urban Cowboy. A terrific film. Yeah. And I got to watch that in also, China Also directed now. by James Bridges. Uh, James Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, we got to do this. And I was like, oh, right. And we're going to watch uh, Mike's, Mike's Murder, which I think might be his best movie, too. Now, I think I so. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think this this and Urban Cowboy are his top two. But, I mean, and then but I'm a big fan of Perfect, also. Perfect is number three. And uh, But anyway. I, so. I think that the China Syndrome is not that great compared to the rest of his yeah, I would Yeah, I would say that's the bottom of the list. And I mean, it's a perfectly good movie, but that's the one everybody talks about. Yeah. You know, because it has this heavy reputation, and I, I honestly don't like. I don't think it holds up to other sort of like journalistic thrillers of the time, like all the say all the president's men yeah. or something like that. I think China Syndrome's kind of weak. I just think it's amazing that he predicted the coronavirus, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it to Douglas's because uh, I think it is like Travis said. It's like if there is sleazy stuff in here, it's all very sweet, <laughs> yeah. and it's all very well meaning. It's like even the hustler stuff is like not presented in a way surprisingly for 1984 yeah. that's totally homophobic and right. like weird i believe like, the bes- director is gay was he yeah okay was he's dead um yes yeah, his cut his career was tragically cut short by illness yeah, yeah. he, he, he died was at 57 yeah um and i'm gonna give it one pneumatic tube yeah yeah <laughs> oh man the tubes because <laughs> oh. i mean we all remember i had the same reaction when i was watching it i i was like boom I was watching it with Sophie, and I didn't I didn't mention it to her because I wasn't sure. She grew up in France, so I wasn't sure if it was the same, but I was like sitting there going the whole time going like, oh, my God, I remember going to the bank and sitting in the car with my mom watching the pneumatic tubes go. <laughs> <laughs> it was exciting to see her in that bank, the, the yeah. car. Th- it was like if she'd been working at the bank and just in the bank and the scene had taken place in the bank, it wouldn't be exciting. But it's like the fact that she's in this very 1980s-specific 
part of the bank, which is the drive-up section. Do you, do you remember? It's, I was, also, it's I would, also a metaphor for the way that she's brushing up against this world. Yeah, yeah. she's, she's, she's be at a distance. She's protected, and right. things come in and out. Yeah, yeah whatever. I remember. Do you <laughs> remember driving around with your? Yeah. With, I, so what happens when you hang out with me? Because when you're a little kid, you got to drive around with your mom. And I remember she'd be like, "I'm going to go to the bank," and you'd be like, "Yay!" And I got a lollipop like, and it, in the pneumatic tubes. But it would be like, "No, we got to go in." Because I was hoping we would be getting the tubes. I to see the they, when, I, when I was, and if they saw there was a kid in the car, they would go like, "Oh!" And they put they some, would put they a, yeah, they get a lollipop in there. They put a fucking lollipop in there. Yeah, you get a dum dum. Jesus. Anyway, right. speaking of a dum dum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? I don't know. Speaking of dum dums, are we on to our next movie? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do the the oft requested Black Widow from 2021 with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the MCU returns to theaters this after is cinema. a coronavirus prolonged absence. Nah, Marvel's back. Just They're kidding. making the only good movies that have ever been made. The only movies, period. The only movies, frankly, worth talking about. Yeah. The Marvel movies. Well, cinema. No, this is this is 1987's Deborah Winger. Winger. With Teresa Russell, Deborah Winger, directed, directed by, by Bob Rafelson. Yeah, Bob Shot partly right here in Seattle. Black Widow. She mates and she kills. guys die within four days of each other what does that say to you people die in their sleep you don't die in your sleep of something called ondine's curse it's rare it's real it happens we don't have any evidence i just spent the whole morning showing you the damn evidence if that's what the justice department calls evidence these days then that is the scariest part of this whole conversation the thing is i know i'm right yes and the pacific northwest shot in seattle some great beautiful seattle shots yep also just in general the way that this movie's shot i gotta go uh watch more bob raffleson movies because we did um they're not all postman always oh, okay because postman always rings twice also i didn't love looks it great but it looks yeah. great i mean he doesn't he's not in the habit of making like shitty movies but i don't generally care for i gotta watch man trouble. man trouble blood and wine man trouble I guess you could say you're having man trouble, Ellen Barkin. You like the you like Head with the monkeys? I loved Head. No, yeah. Did I watched that for the first like, time last uh, year. King of Marvin Gardens. No, Five Easy Pieces. Did he do Carnal Knowledge? Yeah, no, it's Mike Nichols. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> not a Mike Nichols I'm fan. I'm not a huge Nichols fan. What about uh, Wolf? Five Easy Pieces. That's right. Yeah, Bob Revelson. You love Wolf. I love Wolf. <laughs> Can we do Wolf? Like another Halloween episode? We could probably do that as a Halloweener. It's not really murder mystery, though-ish. Or is it? Maybe I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a mystery of who the other werewolf is. Yeah, that's true. It's an interesting movie. (laughs) Yeah, we watched it again last year. What I like... I don't know why we're talking about Wolf. (laughs) What I liked about that movie the last time I watched it was like, okay, like, yeah, it's. I can see why everybody thought that this was really amusing to like make this, you know, this crisis of middle-aged masculinity into a werewolf story. That's like actually pretty funny. And it's like, but why did you set it in the cutthroat world of book publishing? (laughs) It reminds me. It's like not just. It's not just a story. It's not like just a joke Dick Cavett would have told at a party in the 70s. <laughs> it's that he would have told a story about telling that joke. <laughs> that's what that's what watching Wolf is like. It's like everyone involved thought it was exceptionally witty. And it's really <laughs> in a, in kind a of, Dick Cavett sort of way. Yeah, and it's really not. Jesus I mean, Christ. which is not to say that I don't think it's a fun and, and interesting movie. And also that it's not hilarious to watch fucking Jack Nicholson howl at the moon. Yeah. You know, it's but. also one of the funniest examples of just sort of like why are those two people hooking up in history? <laughs> right. Because not only because not only does Jack Nicholson hook up with like Michelle in her Pfeiffer. prime Michelle Pfeiffer, 
but it's like Jack Nicholson, you could maybe see that if it had been maybe 10, 15 years earlier, and it's just Jack Jack, where he's like, it's me, Jack Nicholson. But he's like no, a it's sad, not, it's he's not like a sad sack. Whoa, whoa, yeah. sorry, I had to go to the bathroom. What did I miss? We're, we're talking, talking about, about Wolf. Nich- we're talking about Wolf. We're talking about Wolf, of course. Oh, I thought we were talking about Black Widow. No, nah, we're going oh, we'll to talk about that. Wolf we'll get now. To that. Oh, okay. We changed it. <laughs> it's another prank. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting pranked. You all have to wait another 12 or twelve or 13 episodes for us to talk about Black Widow. <laughs> These pranks are not, they're fine. Either no. way, my, my whole point is Jack Nicholson's like a total sad sack, at least at well, the beginning. Well, that's the point. To, to contrast with then he turns he into a, a, big, a big wolf It feels man. great to be a wolf. Ow-woo. Ow-woo. Okay. Anyways. Black Widow is great. Black or, Widow, very good movie. Great. It's weird because I watched uh, Terms of Endearment also recently again uh, oh. because I've been watching all these Deborah Winger movies and uh, Jack Nicholson is also in that movie. He's great in it. He won, the, he won the gentleman? Academy Award for that. Yeah, Deborah Winger did not win the Academy Award because Shirley MacLaine did <laughs> for that movie. Shame. Anyway. You don't watch Officer and the Gentleman? Yeah, probably. Good movie. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through. It's pretty good. I mean, I've seen the- You'll understand. You'll finally get that joke from the end of the Simpsons I've episode. Seen the, I have seen the ending of it. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Black Widow. Black, Black Widow, Widow is, is actually pretty goddamn terrific up until the last third where I, like, because this movie kind of, it's it's one of those movies, and this happens a lot, unfortunately, where you're like, it sets a rhythm, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, I love this rhythm, this is really clicking along, and yeah. then it just stops. Yeah. It, like, sticks a fucking, like, the, it, rod It really the runs spokes. out of momentum at a certain point. Uh, I yeah. also think that... Uh, that the that the resolution to the narrative of like is she going to catch Teresa Russell and how is that all going to work out this is like frankly the least interesting thing that in the movie it's like I don't really I'm I'm interested in the relationship between these two women more yeah. than I am anything else the very yeah. ending reminds me of that uh, the st- the the scene tag, at the, the end of uh, Officer and a Gentleman where he no the tag <laughs> at the end of uh, love lifts yeah. us up no the uh, the part the part <laughs> of the end of uh, the very end of uh, the wrong man. Oh yeah, which is yeah. just this, which is just one of the dumbest. T- it's got this dumb tag. It's like it ends, and it's like all this. This guy's whole life has been turned upside down. His wife is in an insane asylum, and the family. Oh, the goes Hitchcock to, movie goes yeah, to yeah, visit her. Yeah. What a piece of you shit. thought he was talking about the Dave Foley. No, comedy. No, no, I kind of did. The wrong guy. Really no, 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 the wrong man. You ever seen that movie? No, it's hilarious. I've heard it's good. It's really fucking funny. Uh, but they, uh, but they go and they go to visit her, and then it's like, and then it cuts to this title card that's like, and then she got out, and she was okay, and they're a happy family now. Goodbye. And you're like, that's not the <laughs> that's, ending. That's what happens in the wrong man. Yeah. But that, but that's like but the ending of this reminded me a yeah. little of that where it's sort of like is it is this the ending that we wanted who and, yeah. and you can see like, it can you can see it coming as it comes along too because it happens very abruptly at the end yeah. and like and it's one of those things where I I like paused it to go to the bathroom or whatever and there was like 3 minutes left yeah. and it's like she everything is fucked and you're like what <laughs> they have 3 minutes to resolve everything yeah. and yeah. that's and that's what happens and you're like geez, okay well, yeah that felt kind of abrupt but for the well, most part I also like that this like you said, it starts with this really. It's it sets this really interesting rhythm. It starts without Deborah Winger in it. Oh yeah, like, for the first how long? It's Teresa Russell. Yeah, oh, just kind of in the aftermath of one of her Black Widow yeah. conquests. So she's yeah. a serial killer who marries uh, eligible, very wealthy men and eventually murders them and gets all their assets. She's the Black Widow. She's Black Widow, and we meet her. She mates and she kills after after one recent homicide and moving on to the next one, which is Dennis Hopper, yeah, who runs great. a toy company. But the, the scene where he's yelling at the guy on the phone about the toy, he's like, you come down here and tell my five-year-old how to work this motherfucker. I can't do it. <laughs> if you ever want to see Dennis Hopper interacting with a doodad, this is the movie <laughs> for you. And then they fuck on a pile of toys. That really happens. Is that, is that Raffleson calling in a favor, or is that 
Hopper calling in a favor. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> I need a little bit work, of both. Bob. Yeah. I need work, Bobby. Uh, right. I really like that. That like her two, the two victims that we do see are are Dennis Hopper and Nicole Williamson. Uh, Nicole Williamson is so sweet. In this He's movie great too. in it. He's such a nice. He seems like such a nice guy. They almost especially go. especially after you see the one scene with Dennis Hopper, you're like, yeah, if you kill this guy, who gives a right. shit? This guy is clearly a dickhead. And but Nick, like Nicole Williamson is like very sensitive and He's sweet, like, and I'm like a very, I'm a very sweet man who happens to have a lot of money, and yeah. you're like, oh, I just happen to really love. Uh, uh, antiquities or whatever well, bullshit. The whole, the I'm whole into. scene where like they're in they're in his like cabin and he's been obviously pursuing her for a long time and it's sort of going somewhere and he's like she's like how come you never got married before and he tells the whole story about like his wife died and how sad he was and yeah. all of that shit. It's like I was gonna say the same thing about Hopper. I, what I loved about these scenes is that they've got these characters that are only in there for like five to ten minutes. And they make these full, interesting characters oh, yeah. out of it, and then you don't see them die. Like they, it just cuts okay. to like now right. they're dead now. Before I, before I forget, like this this the rhythm of the way that they handle the deaths, and this happens twice in the movie, is comedic. It's Simpsons esque. It, it, it is exactly Simpsons esque, and I know the exact it's like, it's fucking like shot. Frank Grimes. Okay, it's okay like. so there's a part in it with uh, with Dennis Hopper, and, and you get the idea. Black Widow, so she seduces these guys, and there's a part at the beginning where it shows her kind of like crying. She's totally by herself, and she's crying. She does love because these guys. Because we do find out she loved each and every one of them, but she's a psychopath, and yeah. she's got to do what she's got. And she wants to do. And she wants their money. And yeah. they're all kind of lovable in her way. In their way, so you, you buy it. But anyways, like so, she's finds out what what like their weaknesses are, and I think Dennis is is no no the other the next guy is penicillin. Yeah, Nicole Williamson is penicillin. Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper she, she poisons, she poisons his, she his booze, some, some sort of poison in his brandy, and so <laughs> yeah. so basically like they're hanging out. And and she's like and she's like don't come upstairs and he's like all right the brandy's all gone and she's like open another bottle and she's then like, it just there's cuts a, she's like there's a she's like there's a fresh bottle in there and she, well, she well already, earlier we saw her, her inject oh, yeah, poison we, I know yeah we we see that we know the poison's in the bottle and so all you get is her going like there's another bottle in the thing cut to the funeral yeah, yeah. it's a it's in it's exactly like those scenes there needed to be like a clanging bell on the cut you know like bring. it's in those like in those scenes where Homer and uh, Homer gets a poo fired because <laughs> yeah. of the thing and they keep yeah. cutting to the ambulance so where he goes like mm, I'm gonna eat this expired shrimp just right to the ambulance it's fucking hysterical and that happens twice in this and then the, and so the first time it happens it's with Dennis Hopper's character and it's very funny and the second time it happens it's it's with uh, it's Nicole, Nicole Williams, Williams and we've gotten to know his character a little bit more and it's actually like oh fuck yeah, she yeah. was gonna kill him too He's dead. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, he's just fucking dead. Well, it's it's actually kind of more brutal that way to just completely like yeah. cut to three weeks later. Or well, whatever. and at, and at that point too, Deborah Winger had been introduced, and she she's on to could it. have possibly done something to stop that murder. Yes, but and she, she feels bad about didn't. that. So anyway, but that's a whole other. We got to go backtrack. Yeah, we got to go. Because yeah, yeah, meanwhile, to there's this the FBI agent, Deborah Winger, and who she is rules. she is starting to suspect that somebody. Is killing these rich men because a they're a black widow, if you will. Yeah, she thinks that this might be the product of a serial killer. And everybody, Although, and everybody around her, from the, from her fellow Justice Department people to local cops, are like, "Fuck you!" Lady. By the way, they're right to think she's crazy. She doesn't have opinion. any evidence. She it has is, it is no just a evidence. Hunch. It's just a hunch. There are no pictures of the women that these men have been involved with. She has nothing to tie them together whatsoever, except that they died. Yeah, uh, and the and the Terry O'Quinn, who's her boss at the Justice Department, is basically kind of like letting her check it out, probably because he has a crush on her. Yes, uh, and, and they have the a very, way, they the have way a strange that, relationship. The way that yeah, the he, the he men gr- in this he movie her at one point. 
Yeah, but the way that the men in this movie creepy. talk about the women in it is very, very important. It's very interesting. Yeah. But yeah. well, basically, he asked like they have a, str- a strangely intimate relationship that, and we don't know for sure, but maybe sure. has been physical or is occasionally physical or whatever. Certainly, he wishes it were more frequently. Yes, but he, he like yeah. At one point, she's like been working late at a case, and he goes like, uh, "Do you want me to rub your neck?" And she goes, "No." Yeah, or basically, basically goes no, no. He, he goes, has- "Do you want your neck rubbed?" And she goes, "No." Pause. I want my neck to rub. Yeah. And then he rubs her neck, and you're like, "That's your fucking boss." But she seems yeah. like she's like, it's 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 complicated. They've been yeah, drinking. Yeah, it's, co- it's complicated. It also feels like a movie about women made by men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is eighty seven. Like where you're like, it's like Bob Ravelson going like, yeah, and then kind of feel her up a little. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It like a lot of the shit in this movie made me kind of roll my eyes. A lot of that stuff was like, okay, that's sure, like that, what that about sure how about, about how about women, right? Oh, yeah, they're crazy, yeah. and you're kind of like. Okay, guys. Well, the, particularly <laughs> in the last third, it, like it kind of like loses yeah. it. It yeah, also this movie actually seems like a like this badass. But it's, it's very good though. I like it, it. this movie for the first two thirds is like a badass hunting down another badass. They're both very good. Yeah, like this, like uh, but the Teresa way Russell is fucking good at what she does. The oh, way yeah. that they contrast. Like Teresa Russell going yeah. out and seducing these men with Deborah Winger, who everyone is constantly telling her like needs to get laid. Yeah, is very telling that it's a movie about women written by men. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, um, that that's her. That 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 we can be allowed to characterize her as stuffy because she doesn't fuck enough. <laughs> And that, like, she just needs to loosen that her, up. That her boss points that out to her. But you right. can. But and, you that, can. and that she finally begins to loosen up when she meets her, like, the flip side of her coin, the deadly black widow, and that maybe they're seduced, they're going to seduce each other. Yeah. It's like, all right. But I mean, each other loosen it's a up. Fun, for... It's a fun story. Yeah, yeah. But I would not do it that way. But but <laughs> I think, fortunately, like, and I, I think it was intended, like, as a character, as character development, like, hey, you need to maybe get laid some. But, like, you, when you watch it now because it's a pretty well made movie and the actors are good and you can just go like hey if that's fucked up yeah right and of course. it feels like a different <laughs> it's still, and it, you, it still you, you plays it a different way and it still plays yeah i don't believe that that was the intention i think that maybe did you like the out. part where they're all having a friendly game of poker in the office and then david mamet is one of yeah, the was yeah, one of her co-workers <laughs> and then as they're leaving david mamet and then another dude are like hey did you ever go out with her and david mamet's like yeah one time ball we went to a ball game the uh, game was pretty good and it's like <laughs> fucking david mamet he'll come up later uh, uh yeah, and and that's and that's pretty much what it is. Is like uh, the Black Widow going from city. She's she's in New York when we first meet her mm-hmm. with with the one million. And they're always different kinds of rich dudes too. Yeah. I was like that. And then so the second one so is there's Dennis no Hopper. Pa- there's no pattern really. It's just dead. It's just rich guys and they're rich older. Single guy, rich older single guys. So it's like and they all when they die, it's always like a thing. We're like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, like then, you know, they like sure they were. They're old. They're old. They're going to die. Dennis Hopper is the Texas toy tycoon. Yeah, we get closer and closer to her process as it goes along. I also like to. I like that thing. That's interesting. Yes. That this all. This movie also. But like, yes, you've got Nicole Williamson and uh, and and Dennis Hopper, but you also got Diane Ladd showing up. It's Dennis Hopper's oh, sister. Oh man, she gets to have some fun too. That's a fun yeah. scene. <laughs> How much of a small gift? <laughs> uh, that's cool. I love Teresa <laughs> Russell's like figures. wigs and stuff. You pointed out. You were talking to me about this the other day. Teresa Russell's so good in this movie. And like like most of her best work, she's like a blank. Mm-hmm. Nobody's nobody's as good at not smiling as Teresa yeah. Russell. God, like she, she just fucking rules. She looks she's very she, chameleonic. When she has that like blank stare, it doesn't feel like there's nothing going on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's a thousand yard stare. <laughs> this like, is a classic psychopath <laughs> performance because and we and this we've covered like performances like this. I can't bring any specifics immediately to mind but like i like where they have a car freak out you, you always see them being completely under control and then they'll freak out 
because they've been stymied in their Teresa car. Russell's like, not the gravy! Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You'll see the mask slip, <laughs> and she'll just go, ah, ah, ah. And well, then when she calls, like, when she calls the museum to see if any reporters have been or whatever is anybody been checking up on me, and the lady's like, "Oh, this reporter was asking about blah blah blah," and then she hangs up the phone like right away. She's like, "Okay, well, we'll catch up later. Okay, bye. I gotta go." And then she like she, like starts pounding herself in the chest. Rage. She's like actually punching herself yeah. in the stomach. <laughs> Crazy. It's really fun, and she gets to do terrible accents, and she yeah. gets yeah. to be evil and kind of likable in a twisted sort of way. Uh, it's a great performance. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you're not. She's better than Winger in this. You're not totally. But I like. Not I, like with, I mean, Winger's great. I'm just saying. But She's like, in, again, in that last third, uh, Winger's character gets very boring, and Teresa yeah. Russell's character may, is and continues to be yeah. interesting. That's all like this. Like, it's the, a shame. that's all the way it's written too. I mean, she becomes boring. Yeah, before the before the sort of uh, ending that the yeah. out of nowhere yeah. ending. Like she, you're kind of like really. But I can't okay. stress enough that for the two for, for the first two thirds, this cat and mouse city city hopping stuff is very fun. But even the Hawaii like, stuff is great for, for yeah like, yeah for most of it. When you're when you're kind of like this is another part of the rhythm, and then you're like, oh no, this is just for the me, rest of the for movie. For me, it started to really lose me when they tried to make me believe that this woman would be seduced by Sammy Frey. It's dumb. Because it was like, no, you're just abdicating. Like again, written written by men about women is like, no, she's not. Like no, stupid. it's a French guy. He's She's not hot. stupid. He's kind She's of horny. A... You are after. You are chasing this woman who you think is a murderer, and maybe you should warn this guy, and that's why you're sort of getting closer to them than you should because she you didn't warn Nicole Williamson. But come on, dude. Women fall in love. Yeah, he's it was pretty annoying. He's. I mean, the th- one of the problems is that Sammy Frey is such a blank. Yeah, yeah like, he's not very a, interesting. In a bad problem. way, like yeah. like uh, like Teresa Russell is playing sort of a blank in an uh, interesting that's a, way. That's a deliberate flatness of affect because she's a psychopath. Exactly, yes. and Sammy Frey's character is boring. <laughs> right, he just he's <laughs> to be, just to be generous. Yeah. I feel like they think that his him being French is supposed to do all the work or something. That like he's that. like he's French. He's rich. Air quotes exotic. In you some get fashion. it, right? I, I like he's loved that. I liked him in other movies, older sure. French movies when he was younger that I'd Hello. seen him in. You uh, are very sexy. Yeah, he's Deborah Winger. Oh, well, I do like that scene where him and Teresa Russell are looking at that volcano spout. That's fucking That's awesome. That's cool. I was that like, is, I want to hike. I'm like, I want to fucking hike there. That yeah. looks amazing. And Teresa Russell's doing another, a new character, which yeah. is always great. And uh, and the camera, and they're like walking up. It's all one shot. They're like walking up this kind of like lava, and then the camera slowly pans, and then they're in front of an actual live, the Kilo, the actual Kilauea volcano. Yeah. It's like five miles in the distance. And he's that like, what it was? Shit. You looked it up? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm assuming. And he's like, we're going to build a hotel right here. Yeah. It's like yeah, she's I like, would stay there. That would be cool. My that investors, cool. my investors think I'm crazy, and she's like, "Oh no, you're great. Everything you do is great. And get married to me now. Yeah, and then I'll have sex with you." Uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah. while while she's like black widowing dudes, uh, so she has to. Well, she kills Nicole Williamson, and she has to get out of Seattle, where that whole se- section takes place. Yeah. But Deborah yeah. Winger is like a good a good twenty minutes in Seattle. Something like I that. I like yeah. the part where because she, she insinuates herself into his life by by using some of her ill-gotten funds to buy a seat on the board of this museum. Native, the Pacific a Native American Museum. A Native American Museum. And there's a Fantastic, scene. Fantastic, a bunch of white people there, talking yeah, about Yeah, exactly Native what I was going to say. There's right. a whole scene where they have a board meeting. It's nothing but white people talking about how they should represent these indigenous <laughs> cultures and their art. I mean, that's not something that anybody would have thought of back then. But I don't think have. it's intended to be funny, but it, no, but it was it definitely reads, funny. It reads I mean, as funny now. Just because, we, just because we weren't aware of how stupid we were being and racist doesn't mean we shouldn't have been. Like, that was really, it really cracked me up. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the, oh, there's a great shot of Seattle from the ferry. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. But awesome. it's, it's also another movie that's funny to me because characters come to Seattle 
from another city from the via ferry. the ferry. Yeah. And, I, and I, as someone who lives here, I can Look, tell you, you can just that's, drive from the airport. That's it's not, about 20 unless, minutes. Unless you live on an island that's off in the sound, that's not how you get to see I suppose yeah. technically you could... But you like have to drive arrive up. at SeaTac and then go well, you to drive, yeah you could drive around to Bremerton, to Bremerton or so or, 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 or Orchard ferry, or something. Take a ferry to yeah, Whidbey yeah. Island and then just hang out at Whidbey. It seems like though, if you have a job to do, you might want to get to town. No, quicker. no, you get off the plane and you go to Port Orchard <laughs> and then you take the ferry in because it's more fun that I way. I was told I should see Port Orchard. I had they have very good froyo there. Port Townsend is really nice. Sure. It's Puget Sound. Let's it's get, all nice. You know, I got, I got like, a, I got an extra two days to, to waste, so <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go there before going to Seattle. I mean, she is just technically dicking around and stabbing blindly in the dark, so she might as well I, take in Orcas Island. I understand. Like, it's a thing where I understand why filmmakers do that because they're not from here, and it's a, and it's a good way yeah, to get a good shot. Know, of, it's yeah. a good way to get a good shot of the city, but it's also like. That's but like you would land at the airport and then drive to Seattle and just any city, you would never any get city on a that fucking like ferry has ferries yeah. like you got to get those ferries in there right Wh- whether or not it makes any fucking <laughs> sense at all clap if you believe but it's, ferries. it's crazy when there's ferries but there's multiple movies we've watched that take place in Seattle where characters are using the ferries yeah, yeah you see the plane like arrive and yeah. then they come into town from a ferry <laughs> believe me I think it would be the coolest thing in the world if Absolutely. the airport was on an island and you got to take a ferry back from them but it's just it not is not the case. it is not at all. <laughs> Do you want to hear a dumb tangent about shooting in Seattle? Sure. I went to see the movie Free Guy the other day. Oh, boy. Which is absolutely not shot in Seattle whatsoever. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. But, I mean, it takes place in, in an unnamed city, but... Right. It's a video game world. Well, no, like the, the real world parts uh, of it. Oh, uh, Because, you know, there's a bunch of scenes that take place, like, at the tech company where they make oh, the okay. game. And there's a, there's a long scene where, like, Taika Waititi, who's the evil, the evil corporate guy at the video game company, is, like, yelling at his uh, underlings. And there's a big window behind him with the city... And it's totally not Seattle, except way over there on the side is the Space Needle. <laughs> and uh, and I was watching this in the theater, and like, I was in the Majestic Bay, like one of the upstairs screens. It's got like fifty or sixty seats, and it was so funny to watch like all the people one at a time. Like the, you would see the wave wash over them as like every every second or so, another arm would go up like this and point at the side of the screen, <laughs> and then lean to the person next to them and go like, the Space Needle's over there. <laughs> it was really funny. Anyway, this is a dumb little dumb little anecdote for you. Uh, also, just real quick, dumb little an- anecdote. I, I played. <laughs> you just went up and got another frappuccino. <laughs> well, I'm finishing. <laughs> All right. I, I played Last of Us Two again. Yeah. For the, sec- for the second time. Great. Space needles on an island. Somewhere. Space needles on a fucking island. Well, it's because the, the it's because we got flooded. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hadn't put that together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why she has to take a boat to the island with the space needle because some some there was some natural disaster that flooded the oh, area. The island was a was a part of Seattle. Yeah. Proper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was that's like you know the, the big one happened and we all sunk. That's baffling because there are islands. Yes, yes, but that, I mean, I just I, you, then, that way you don't get the cool reveal of her like oh. I'm going to the island where the bad guys are finally at the end of the movie and the camera pans up and the space needles there. What a great game! Hmm. It's a great game. Space needle is in Seattle. We it's the only thing we've got. <laughs> Frazier, the sure. new Frasier is not going to take place in Seattle. So. And there's a part where Deborah Winger's catching a fish. Uh, in this, she catches a couple fish <laughs> and uh, hangs out with Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Either way, but they're in they're in Seattle and they actually shoot a lot of it on location. It yeah. looks great, and then uh, but it'd be mostly like on the streets, just different streets where uh, Teresa Russell Assassin is trying. Style. Teresa Russell is trying to catch Deborah Winger, but Deborah Winger is like keeps checking in and out of different hotels. It seems like, yeah. and then she's watching. Teresa her, Russell knows Deborah Winger's onto her, and she's and Deborah Winger's watching her. Yeah, for for like a while in this movie, I thought that 
Deborah Winger was actually a journalist because when she's introduced, it's like, oh, this is a newspaper room. And then at some point, I'm like, oh, she's a federal agent or yeah, something. She works for the Justice it's a, Department. It's not, it, it takes her a while to figure that out. It's, yeah, it's, it's not presented. It's like a thing where you're like, oh, okay, so she's like. Oh. I thought she was FBI. Uh, Justice all, all I know is that at one it's point, someone goes, you fucking D- Justice Department fuckwads oh, okay. or whatever. All I'm saying is that. Uh, could have gone either way. You could yeah. could There could be a better. It could have been a more clear way to articulate that yeah. right off the bat. Because it really seems like a newspaper thing because she's like, I'm following this lead. And then her partner, her guy, that guy, who right. was, which is also, who weird, was also weirdly he's like, he's cute like, with her. Hey, uh, we should go on a date. What if I just had sex with you or whatever? And she's like, no. Okay, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe. He's sort of a Clark Kent kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's a big young dude. Uh, that's um, weird. But uh, so, yeah. I don't so know. she's in Seattle, and then uh, at at, th- at this point, so we, like as we go along in this cool in this fun rhythm of the movie, like the first time we see the aftermath of her killing a or her black widowing a guy, the second time we see her at the very end of it, right, w- right when she's but she we do see her with Dennis Hopper, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the third time we see it from the ground up where she's doing research into she fu- she found the guy, yeah, and now she's got to make herself the perfect woman for him, which in this case is like she knows that he's like a, a closed off like a loner type of guy. Who's into like antiquities and uh, they actually specifically she, Native American, Native history. American stuff. But but at a certain point, she says she points out the stuff that the uh, this, this is, I really like this line where he's like, "You seem almost too good to be true," and she's and then she's like, like trying to convince him that you know, like she's she's on the level or whatever, and she's like, "Hey, look, we both like the same things. We both like Italy. We like coins." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't at one point he go? So did you look that up so you could impress me? And she's kind of like, did it work? Did it work? And then, it, and, and, yeah, and this is how her, like, this is just great seduction stuff. And she's going to do it differently for each guy. And then at one point, he's like, uh, you know, I've always, people have told me I'm a bit of a porcupine, I'm prickly or whatever. And she's like, do you ever hear the joke, how do two porcupines make love? Very carefully. Cut! Cut to them. Cut to them. That's it. That's Cut it. Cut to a hardcore sex scene. <laughs> no, but uh, but like that's that's you know he, she's she's doing it differently for each guy that she meets. Yeah. And uh, and in this case, uh, uh, Mike Nickel, Mike Nickel, Bob Rapel, Robson, Nicole Williamson, I think, is uh, is kind of a is kind of a cute lonery like intellectual professor there's type a, guy. There's a, a part that's really that these these kind of things always make me laugh. Where she's like he's got a necklace and they're like. They're, they're doing like, it. They're She's doing like, what is this? What's that? Like, medical alert oh, bracelet. Medical alert. I'm allergic to penicillin. Hmm. And then bum, you see her bum, eyes dart, dart back and forth. <laughs> hmm? 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 Huh? Huh? Okay. And then you see her at a doctor's <laughs> office. She literally, she literally turns over and faces the camera and like puts her hand on her chin. She does. Mm. No, strokes she, her chin. She pulls out a well, well, while well. they're having sex and writes down penicillin. Looks like the professor's got himself a real, uh, <laughs> a real affliction like here that I'll have to was count caught right. by the very person <laughs> that was trying to catch him. <laughs> Uh, and then we actually do see her in a hospital, like uh, trying to get penicillin from from the doctor. She she's a very good psychopath. She like she makes everybody who she needs yeah. to be to to use in one way or another lover. So like when Deborah Winger's going back through all the different people, she, she'll meet like sisters of the victims, and the sister will be like, "I thought she was great. Yeah, has she called you since she left mis- mysteriously? No, no, but she said she had to go to Nepal or whatever. <laughs> Fuck. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, that lady turns up at the very end again, too. Yeah, yeah. She turns. She comes back. Well, uh, isn't that the lady that she calls and is like, oh, "I want to catch up with you, but you know, I gotta go because they're wa- they're gonna find me that I'm a murderer." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts punching herself in the stomach. 
So in uh, so in the Seattle portion of it, um, like we we get to know the guy, the the sweetie porcupine guy a little bit, and so it's a, it's uh, not less funny and more sad when we find out that she did succeed in killing him with penicillin. I believe she put it in his toothpaste. Yeah. And uh, and Deborah Winger like was talking to him at a one at one point and had the opportunity to like maybe go. Well, yeah, because she goes in and pretends to be a reporter uh, to do a story on the museum in order to like get close to them. And he kind of finds her out right away. He's like, you're not really working for the Seattle public. She says she works for the P.I. She, you don't really work for the P.I. because he knows all the reporters there. So he kind of figures out that she's like not not tr- truly on the level. You're not as good a liar as my wife. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> and she and you can see she says this is like th- freelance. She's like, I thought yeah. It would she be good. changes her story. She's yeah. writing about women in positions of power or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So she wants to write about this young woman who's who's on newly the on the board of this museum. My wife's a very very private person. Very private. Too private. She doesn't almost. want anybody to know she exists, and then she will disappear after she kills me. <laughs> I love her so. So she feels guilty. Have you ever heard of the Black Widow? <laughs> she mates, mates and kills. Mates and kills. Yeah, and she and, you, and there's a moment in this scene where she's talking to him, where you can see she she like pauses, and you can tell she wants to like. Your wife's a murderer. Yeah. Your wife's gonna kill you. But she also, I mean, it's also at that point she's not a hundred percent. You know, it's and also like she can't. You know that that yeah. would that would blow her cover entirely. Yeah, she needs exactly. the ca- also, she needs the catcher in the act. Yeah. Essentially. And so then she so she feels guilty about that, and then she has to like resign, sort of, or like go like undercover. Yeah, I guess she kind of goes well, rogue. Doesn't, or doesn't Terry O'Quinn go like, "You got to cut this out"? Like, yeah, but then yeah, and then he comes over and has a beer at her house. Yeah, after she sold all her stuff <laughs> to move to Hawaii yeah, to follow her. I guess she's gone rogue, but I, she seems to have plenty of funding. I don't know what's going on with that. Well, she sold all of her stuff to fund her like going after this woman. She's obsessed. Yeah. Which I think is like if the movie played. It's like underarticulated that she's obsessed in my opinion. If the end because it comes up a lot at the end, and you're kind of like, oh yeah. I if guess the so. end, if the last part of the movie played into that more, which it kind of does, that would be it'd be a much better movie. But instead, Deborah Winger falls in love with a guy, right? And it's like, <sighs> and it derails it derails the whole the whole uh, obsession thing with the two women, which yeah. is what the movie. Is supposed to be about yeah. So so the Seattle, which it is about up to that point. The Seattle portion is concluded. She's killed that guy, collected his money, and she's she's off to Hawaii. Yeah, and and we know this I think because of these travel brochures that she had or something like that. Either we way, saw, we saw her with the Hawaii thing, and she and Deborah Winger figures out like the next. She just somehow figures oh, out someone the at next the airport guy. saw her like flying. Right, to Hawaii. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But and she, so and she figures out the next guy. She's like, oh, it's going to be this guy. This, this is going to be this part. Hotel magnate, Sammy Frey. this boring yeah. French guy. And I wish, and this, and this is like, and it continues being fun for a little bit, and then it just stays in Hawaii for the rest of the, for the rest well, of the, the movie. But, the but I mean, that's, that's, but that's part of the structure, though, is because you yeah. see each one a little longer, and this one is like. This is even, the one where she defeats this her. Is, but, this is, but this is also the even longer one because you're seeing, like, her even, f- you're starting out with this relationship again, but also you're seeing Deborah Winger going in there and like yeah. putting a monkey wrench in her whole. Yeah, but Black before Widow she gets before Black Widow gets busted, you got to admit she's fucking good at this, and frankly, a little too prolific. Maybe she should take a little bit of a break yeah, between yeah. these guys. I think so. She just goes from one to the next. We don't really she, know how long it's been though. But it it should be five years. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, years. I agree. Yeah. We're making a movie, and, she's, and it's maybe like a few months, and she's already got this French, this boring French dude on the French yeah. hotelier 
on the hook. Well, first she she finds and now she's like kind of hippy dippy naturey type person, right? Yeah. Deborah Winger goes there and hires James Hong to follow her around. Oh <laughs> James God, Hong. damn! Movie's good old James, James Hong. Hong, and then James and Hong. he's at his hongiest too. He is. He's so hongy. He's like, don't you knock? Why don't you knock? He's literally just <laughs> it's hilarious. So he's funny. a heroin addict. Yeah. He's a heroin addict. And then Teresa Russell <laughs> finds out that he's following her, so he hires James Hong to follow Deborah Winger yeah. because he wants she wants to like basically get Deborah Winger into her web of lies. Yeah. And then and then she gives James Hong a hot dose. Yeah. That's love- a really good scene where she makes him suicide himself. You can either die painfully or die happy. Yep. What's with, and then she's like counting down. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And he's like getting, he's like He's going to make a fix. He's frantically getting his heroin kit out of his desk. And like, oh, okay, look, I got to I gotta like light cut, it up. Under the, cut this is a two, process. I can't do it in seconds. Cut to James Hong d- face down on his desk with a bunch of goo. He's barfed like, a pull, bunch of like white out of mouth, goo. Foam out of his mouth. <laughs> it's really gnarly. But, bef- but before that, he's in a couple scenes being being just his hongy. Just, hongy. Yeah, just being hongy is all hell. He's it's really great. good. He's a scene, he's a scene stealer yeah. and uh, one of the one of the world's most prolific actors. Yeah, he's, oh, <laughs> he's been in like 300, 400 something movies. like that. Yeah, and he and he directed a couple movies. He's still alive, are. or did he finally pass? I, I think, think he's still, he's still alive. alive. Thank God, he's very old. He directed. A Thank movie, God, uh, he directed a movie <laughs> called The Vineyard that uh, features lots of scenes where he is sexually torturing women. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like James Hong. He's like putting spiders on ladies. And stuff, you're like, okay. The uh, Black Widow. But Black <laughs> He puts a Black, Black Widow. Widow on it. Remember when I was in this movie? Yeah? Yeah. And uh, I just do eyes. <laughs> God, what a, God, what a, I love what James a treasure James Ong is. Amazing. He's the voice of that goose in <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, like, while this is all happening, uh, Deborah Winger is also doing that classic, um, you know, cat and mouse thing where she she befriends mm-hmm. the person. They're, like, be- becoming friends at a scuba class. <laughs> that scuba class scene is hilarious. Also, it's, like, a thing where you're watching it and going, like, you stop sharing all these things and... <laughs> What are you doing? What is this? Was this a real thing? Right. Was this just a way for these guys to go like, and then you're like, practice mouth to mouth. So like, you know, but make actually, it, like, but actually make it do it, but make it kind of hot. Yeah, because she is doing math about. She's like, hey, you know, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but like, there's, there's this like uh, uh, one lady who's like got a cold. She's like, oh no, she's supposed to share her thing. Yeah, with? that's that's really it. What she's the like, fuck? <coughs> <coughs> Maybe, hey, you want to you want to use my snorkel? <laughs> Maybe don't let that lady be in the snorkel class hey, because you, she's sick. With the obvious disease, get the fuck out of here. What are you like, COVID? I think that's <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's part of one of the reasons that they become friends. Doesn't then, Teresa Russell they, try to kill her under with the scuba gear? Uh, sort of, but then she saves her too. Right. Like, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Uh, well, because yeah, Cause well, that, calls, that her, calls back to the, how the, the practice that they were, the thing they were practicing where they share the the breather. Yeah, yeah. But this whole thing is like when this whole part starts, it's like okay, it feels like it's going to derail that, and then sh- they're going to become into each other or something. Yeah. Or like, you know. And you can tell they kind of get along to a certain degree, but also you can tell it's it's she, uh, Teresa Russell finds out pretty early that Deborah Winger is the, the person her, that's yeah. that's after her, and then she, and that's when she comes up with her little web of deceit, and that involves her boring French uh, would-be uh, next victim. Where the whole, the wow, what is her plan? This is boring. Well, to make her, she makes, because then Deborah Winger falls in, falls in love with Sammy Frey. Which is just sort of. Sammy Frey's the boring French guy. It's sort of out of nowhere. I don't know. It's kind of just like. 
And the so, well, so and the he, boring French guy kind is, of he kind of claims that Teresa Russell is like, well, you weren't that into me, and I thought you thought it would be okay if I would go bang your friend, right? Which is what she wanted right. to have happen. It's a weird sexual politic move that like maybe doesn't make sense, but just does because it's a movie where he he wants to fuck her and she won't fuck him until he marries her. But he's like, I cannot be tied down. I am French and uh, a man of nature well, she's like, or whatever. She keeps telling him like, uh, you know, you'll you'll cast me aside because you're just a playboy. Boy, and he's like, he keeps going like, no, I only want you. I only want you. And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. Now, fuck my friend. Yeah. Fuck her in the place where the lava meets the tree sap. Do it. <laughs> and then do it again in a hotel room so I can send James Hong to take pictures <laughs> of you Fuck her a it. few times. Yeah. James Hong will take pictures of her. And then that'll make you want to come back to me for whatever reason. And now I've got, and now I'll kill James Hong. And I've got these pictures of you. And then once you're dead, then I can pretend that De- Deborah De Winger was the crazed, obsessed uh, Justice Department agent who was obsessed with me to the point where she tried to frame me up for a murder. Yeah. Yep. And that's her, her That's her end game. And it and appears to work. And it appears to work for about 10 minutes. No, yeah. le- less than that. Like for about two minutes. Seven minutes, <laughs> I'd say, where she's like, Deborah Winger's getting like hauled into uh, like uh, into jail and stuff. And there's like a bunch of press swirling around, too. Yeah. And you're like, yep. geez, really tipped off the, the media and everything. <laughs> there's a really funny media thing at the very end of the movie that put up yeah <laughs> yeah there's a line that's really hilarious <laughs> but uh but like so at this point she's in jail and it's like wow the black widow's done it again you can't you can't beat her she really tied up all and then she, does, she does the worst possible thing that any psychopath serial killer could do is go visit the person you framed in <laughs> prison yeah there's just, just a ridiculous scene at and the very end of the see movie, but see, they're in, in, they're into each other. They, she needs that closure, right? And she does say something <laughs> along the lines of like, "When I'm thinking back about all the achievements of my life, fifty years from now, when I'm an old person, I'm an, an old black widow. Our relationship will be the one that was the most interesting to me. A psychopath yeah. who thinks about things that way." <laughs> and Deborah Wing is like, "Guess what? You busted. You burnt." <laughs> and then, she, and then she starts. She brings out like the, one of the uh, Diane Ladd. Yep. yep. And then the. French dude pops out. Dun, well, dun, dun, it's not Diane Ladd. It's the it's the, other it's lady. the lady. It's the other oh, the lady other that, lady. that she called on the like, phone. Yeah. Who's like, oh, you're you, you're not my you. What what? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then it's then then Sammy Frey comes up and he's not dead. I'm still boring. Which is why it's which is why I think it's important that you don't see any of the deaths on screen throughout because then you don't see when you don't see his. Yeah. Then you can. There's some yeah, doubt that that's pretty or not clever. He's dead. That's pretty clever because we never saw any of them, so right. we don't notice the difference in the rhythm or anything. Right. Right. So you're like, he could be. The dead. movie's very good up until this last thirty minutes but then or so. Right where before, it's just like, right, who cares? Right after she's busted, doesn't Teresa Russell go like, yeah, but I, and also I did this other thing. What is it that she confesses well, to she, at the she, end? Well, uh, she had put a, a poison in a, some like specific right. hidden area, and now that she's busted, and because she loves all of her victims, she's like, I'm going to jail. I still so now I don't want this guy to die. Right. Right. That's where. Here's where I put the poison. And she's. Like we know, and she's like, yeah, 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 we got it. Now you're gonna go to jail forever or whatever. And then, uh, and and this is like the, a, a real kind of monsters dead uh, roll credits yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's very funny because Deborah Winger, who you know, everybody's been up against her the whole time, and the media like swirls around her, and then she just walks off to her car. But you hear. <laughs> Some fucking journalist, and I guess these guys were just outside listening to this the whole sure. time. Some journalists go, "Congratulations to Miss Barnes. That was a brilliant trap." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the last line of the movie. That was a brilliant trap. What the movie really goes out like a wet fart? <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't that's end well weird. at all. I think the third act really just killed it for me. Yeah, the third act sucks, but it really it's it's great up until then, and it's a really good looking movie. I, I just think it could. There's like there's like this movie where it could have been interesting if it had been the you know the two women. Yeah. Like 
cat and mouse and you know getting in her web and like if they if it had been just that like them like yeah and, and, and like and like if like the black widow had become like oh now i'm obsessed with this other woman right. you know like if there was if know, there was any kind of psychological give and take at all between these characters exactly you know but it is just her trying to get her when it's just a straight procedural it works pretty well which is most of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. it's the last it's the last act that's a it's a real killer uh, like the Black Widow herself. Uh, here's a here's like there's a fun line. I like this. This is the Black Widow herself, and I think she's talking to Deborah Winger when she first meets her because she's like, "You got a lot of neat, fun stuff," or a lot whatever. Of moxie. Or no, no, she says this to James Hong. I, she says it to somebody. Who cares? There's a great scene before she before she hot doses James Hong where she first walks in on him. Or no, is it that once? It might be. No, there's a scene before where he he walks out of the bathroom. He's yeah, like, he's like, ah! "Don't you knock!" But he's got his <laughs> he's got his arm rolled up, and it's a really good touch because you don't see him. You don't right. see like a needle in there or anything. But you're like, "Oh, this guy's an, this guy's that, an that addict." Needle or just whatever. dangling yeah. out of his arm. But it, no, but it was a really good way to show like because then later because you're like, I think that that you know because he's only got the one sleeve roll up. And he's like, "Ah, yeah, don't yeah. you don't you fucking knock!" And then this is where so, yeah, this is the scene because this is where she hires him, and he's like, "I'm not gonna do that," and she goes, "Well." There's two things you need to know about me. I'm very rich, and I'm very wealthy. <laughs> Pretty good. There's a really funny scene. i give you an idea of like how fun Deborah Winger's character is up until the last act, uh, where, where uh, T.O.Q. is like, uh, why are you so obsessed with this woman? What is, what is the deal? Why do you want justice so much? What's your obsession with justice at the Department of Justice? <laughs> and Look, he's it's, like, only, it's my department. Yeah. And he tells I mean, her this story. You know, she's not part of the fucking Justice League. Yeah. She, she works for the department. She goes, there was a, you know, I grew up and my, my my dad, you know, he drank a lot. And one time he oh, yeah, went after. Lab, stop screaming. He went after my mom with a spatula and he was. Uh, Are you buying this? Yeah. I can't believe you really went for it. Nobody knows why anybody does anything. Yeah. That shit's <laughs> great. flips on him. It's really funny. Uh, that, that's all that stuff. All that stuff at the beginning like promises a much a much more satisfying ending. Yeah, <laughs> eh, that's good enough. Uh, ratings, uh, three Juds. Uh, it really fell apart for me. I really I enjoyed the performances a great deal, and I loved the momentum and the sort of the pace of the first like two thirds. But yeah, that the Hawaii chunk of it, this, the way that the whole plot resolved itself was really disappointing. Yep. Too many women being in love with that boring French guy. Yeah, that's and like, just too too many. Just generally, this didn't need to be made by a like kind of a pervy white dude. Like, the, like there's just it's just got the wrong point of view. Yeah, because uh, we didn't point out there's a lot of like sex and nudity in this too. Yeah, I mean, oh we'll yeah, get yeah. To it there's a the, whole there's a whole scene. Teresa where Russell's doing the yeoman's work here. There's a whole scene where Teresa Russell's like seduces him in the pool and she's just naked swimming yeah, around and it's well, for a actually, long time and you're like, damn. Look, I, I don't want to get too gazy or whatever, but they're swimming around and doing these swim strokes and you're like, did I just see that guy's Balls. You did. I just see. Wow, you see a lot. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's why I'm. So you don't want to get too gazy about Sammy Frey's balls. <laughs> but you know, like I'm looking at their balls and pussy or whatever. Fugazi, yeah, fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. <laughs> no, no. Teresa Russell's. Uh, yeah, she's. Like, she's. Well, that's why but I'm giving it three does. Douglases. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. of all the nudity there and you, go. you know all that shit. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, 10 out of 10 convenient medic alert bracelets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> it sucks, too, because it's in the middle of this, like, tender scene. That, yeah. like, and just like, what's that? What, what's that or what's that around your that head? Is oh, the way this that, is the uh, way you're going to kill me. That is oh, the way good. that anybody could murder me if they knew what my secret was, <laughs> which is. But please don't. 
Please don't murder me that way. It would be so I easy. I would prefer you not to. Nobody would ever know who's murdered. He should have been dubbed in this like he is an Excalibur, where it's like, Ugh. oh, so uh, you're into uh, Native American art? Yes, I am. He's great. And he's so <laughs> into good in Native American art. Yes, I'm going I. to put this icicle in the freezer. Please don't stab me with it. His, Nobody his, would ever uh, be able to tell. His dial, his dialogue in Excalibur is oh, like so it's like a pixie song. It's loud, quiet, loud. A dream he's to like, some. And a nightmare to others. Yeah. It's great. And he's all ADR'd the entire movie. It's so good. It's a great movie. Uh, oh, what's your what's your last rating? Uh, ten out of ten. Medical uh, medical oh, medical bracelets. Bracelets. Sorry. God, I'm also geez. gonna I'm, I'm also listening. gonna give it. Uh, <laughs> I know you, I know you heard me. He's Obviously, not you heard doing me. anything. You're not listening. Uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You listened, but you didn't hear it. Uh, I'm also gonna give it three. I would love to. I would love to go up to. I mean, if it, this movie kept its pace from the the first three and a half or four, four. three and a half or four for sure. Yeah. It just really. Just really, I don't, I don't know what the thinking was. Like, what would have been fun about this? I, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. very, very strange. Yeah, uh, it's almost like it was reshot or something. Like, well, this I, isn't very satisfying. But I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was no, either. But, think so. but it does have that feel because it doesn't feel like, like it feels like the wrong ending for yeah. where this movie should go, what the story should be. But it doesn't feel like the ending they no, did. No, like an like, unintended. It doesn't ending. have like some telltale mess with the pace or like right. scenes that don't that don't play out properly anymore. It no, does, it, no, al- it also like has this, exactly this, what they great, this great dry wit to it through the first two thirds yeah. that it completely loses during that last third. Not like everybody like. wins. It has this scintillating dry <laughs> wit. Except for, its except for James time. Hong. Except for James Hong. I mean, thank God James Hong's in that last third, or I would have dozed off. Yeah, like, Teresa. That, that scene. Rules. It's that scene with him and Teresa Russell. Like both scenes with him and really Teresa good. Russell are high, are total highlights. The scene where she where she kills him is straight out of like a forties like uh, film noir. Yeah. You know, like oh, a femme fatale sure. thing because she's like just like um, look, I'm gonna shoot you in the head, or you can take this heroin dose. And she's very flat and <laughs> frank about it. And, and James Hong is over the top. <laughs> it's really good. It's great. Uh, but the rest of that uh, part are not. Uh, I'm going to give it three Douglases, a uh, surprising amount of nudity, and I, I would say um, uh, unjustified a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the time it's just sort of like, let's look look at these naked people. It doesn't, you know, I don't know. I'm not I'm not bothered by it or anything like that, but gratuitous is the word that I'm looking for. Yep. Uh-huh. And, and gratuitousness will always bump it up a little bit yeah. in my book. I like a little gratuity. I like a little then. gratuity for sure. And then I'm going to give it <laughs> 10 out of 10 real fucking volcanoes. There's uh, <laughs> yeah. a real goddamn volcano in this. And that's kind of like the end. Like once you see that volcano, like that's the end. Yeah, you can turn. Just skip movie. to the end. <laughs> there is a sco- there's a scene where they're scuba diving and she like tries to kill her or and then saves her and then yeah. Yeah. I don't like quite I'm know what happened there. Yeah. It's a this little, it's like one of those little beats where you're like, let's put, we need to put an exciting scene this part's here. So boring. This. There was a, there <laughs> was this, to, that might have been a reshoot. To, to talk about how boring this chunk of the movie was to me, how annoying was, there's a scene where they're like, you know, uh, Teresa Russell's like, oh, he's having a big party tonight. You should come to the party. And Deborah Winger's like, well, I don't have anything to wear. You can borrow one of my dresses. And then cut to, they're at the party. Like, Deborah Winger's had her hair done, all this stuff. And, like, she meets Sammy Frey, and they split up. And, like, Deborah Winger goes to the bar to get a drink, and she orders a gin and tonic. And the guy, the bartender serves her a gin and tonic up in a flute. <laughs> and I was like, that, that's how bored I was. I was like, nobody drinks a gin and tonic without ice in a fucking coupe. 
Is there is there not wow. a lime in it too? It's There's just, no lime. It's just like it's wine. It's yeah. He just like pours some gin and water into a glass and gives it to her. There it's like go. it's not even sparkling. You That's know? Hawaiian style. And there you go, fetso. Like, that is disgusting. <laughs> As your bartender, let me tell you, don't have a gin and tonic. A gin and tonic way. is po- possibly the easiest drink to not fuck up. Right. Too. It's so <laughs> and easy this, to not. This fuck guy up. fucked it up in like three distinct ways. I made a gin and tonic for somebody last weekend, and they were like, "Mmm, this is really good." I'm like, "Yeah, it was." Pretty- <laughs> Yeah, it's very easy. You want to know what's in it? <laughs> I went like this and this. Yeah, bingo. Oh, have a Done. lime wedge. Yeah, I threw that lime wedge in. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was like I was. That was how distracted I was watching this movie, <laughs> going like, "Wow, he really fucked up that gin and tonic." <laughs> Anywho, um, I'm gonna give it three Jeds as well. Yep. It's totally, totally blows it at the end, but up to then it's great, and everybody's good in it. It's got a great cast. Very fun, you know, for the most part. Uh, and both the two leads are awesome. Up until the movie squanders them. Yeah. David Mamet was great. David Mamet. David Mamet. Star making role for David Mamet. David Mamet is actually kind of bad, but it's but it's also like the whole time I'm like, it's David Mamet. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> Wearing those weird glasses. Saying, saying lines. He didn't have his beret on. but He's a writer for a reason. He's not an actor. Mm-hmm. He's going to look just like Flea in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. They, they do look the or, same. Or they look Flea, exactly alike. Flea ended up looking just like David Mamet. They came together. Yeah. Come Say together. that again. <laughs> uh... uh I'm gonna give it three and a half Douglases nice. because I think that like the whole way that this movie treats women, particularly the, De- the Deborah Winger character throughout, is really gross. Mm-hmm. Like the way that mm-hmm. every man talks to her and stuff is like, ugh. and in 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 unintended ways, I think that the movie yeah. thinks it's like being charming in that in the, from the time period, and it's like, ugh, yeah, God, like there's no like the part where where he's giving her the neck rub, which is like, oh, a neck rub, and then he starts like moving down towards her boobs and then she's like I'm gonna go and it's not remarked upon or anything Boy, He's just that's sort of like, seems- and it's sort of supposed to be like yeah maybe there's a history but also is it supposed to be just like is this what the working relationship is like and it's just it it, it like weirdly grossed me out because I like Terry O'Quinn and then yeah. it, suddenly yeah. I'm like Ugh, I don't that like scene you really now. sticks out these days <laughs> and also just just the way that all the men talk to her and I know that that's part of the point is like she's a woman in this man's business but it's also just like fuck off at one, at one point she's talking I don't to think the, they do enough with it to make that count nope <laughs> at one point she's talking to the like chief of police in Seattle and it's the dude from, oh god this guy's from, hilarious you'd, you'd, you'd recognize him from other stuff but he's I, just I, he's yelling the, he's the cop from relentless he's the guy oh, that's yeah. trying to catch Judd Nelson in relentless and he's like I'm not gonna do fucking what you want me to do lady and then and he ends it with like, "Hey, go fuck yourself!" And you're like, "Jeez, he's." I he, think she outranks you, yeah. dude. Yeah, DOJ says do this. Nah, I don't want to. Get the fuck I out mean, of here! That you is stupid asshole. I'll tell you this: Seattle police ignoring DOJ orders is not uh, <laughs> not out of the realm. Yeah, that turns out to be true. <laughs> uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm from fucking Queen Anne. I was born and raised oh, in fucking Seattle. I'm from town. fucking poor Townsend. We don't fuck around. We got the best Capricorn in Port Townsend over here. We got get the best some. view coming into Seattle from the ferry. You come in from the fucking ferry, get yourself a, oh. a hot roast beef, fucking delicious. Ship beef. Get some pepperoni. Put a some pepperoncini. Put a couple peppers on there. <laughs> I was a cop. My brother was a cop. Man, we you want to go down to the, the, the Tin Hat and get ourselves some drinks? <laughs> My fucking dad owns that place. We got to go to the P.I. before summer's wow. over. Born in Harborview. <laughs> Twelfth man right here. See Went to cops. school at fucking Roosevelt fucking high. <laughs> Seattle. Oh. Uh, Anyhow. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Black Widow brooches oh, that, yeah, that she right. gives her. 
as a gift. I know what your deal is. And then, and now then, you're gonna have to try to kill me. And then Teresa Russell me. gives her a big old kiss, and she you're kind of like, for a second, you're like, "Ooh, the movie's back alive again!" And then it dies. Yeah, <laughs> poison. It keeps trying to bring itself back, but it can't. It can't do it. Uh, the last third is fatal. Yeah. Fatal like the the bite of the Black Widow, and fatal like the. Uh, <laughs> general nature of the next movie that and we're going to talk about. And with about. the ending of that movie, I would say that, like, nobody really wins. But in the oh. next movie... Everybody wins except <laughs> the audience. Oh, yeah, baby. I've been, waiting, everybody I've been wins. waiting for one of us to get to say that this whole time. Oh, my God. Coming from Orion Home Video this July. Now, about this case. I know the murderer. That raises a number of questions, doesn't it? Oh, the cops know him, too. In fact, they had him. And? They let him go. Why? Well, that is the story. Somewhere between seduction and murder. I know what to look for and where to look. Why doesn't she just come out and tell you who it is? The woman is scared. It's understandable. Between obsession and guilt. Now, I really hated this movie, but it is fascinating. I didn't like hate watching it. No, it's it's, it's, it's wild. This is a movie that is very interesting and sucks. Totally sucks. This is uh, written by Arthur Miller, uh-huh. the, one of the most famous playwrights of all you time. You don't just eat the orange and throw the peel away. A man is not a piece of fruit, goddammit. <laughs> but this movie and, is And the reason why it sucks is almost entirely means. because of him. Like I, think I, Carl I, think, Rice, I think the writing is I think trash. Carl Rice is also blameful, and I think that Winger and Nolte are also really Winger, on the hook. I mean, Winger's bad, but I mean, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do with that dialogue. I would, what is, what, everybody here is making choices, and they are all wrong. I would say it that, like, so weird. But I would say that, like, as far as the actors go, like, there is a person called the director who is supposed to tell them if, right. at some point but what the movie, to do and not to. The movie to. Carl Rice is making here sucks. Oh yeah, and also like the the bizarre music choices, whatever Nick Nolte's listening to in his car. Uh, the those, bu- what about okay? The so songs, the it's, song that, it's called Leon. His name is Leon Redbone. Leon Redbone. And but, he the song, but the song, but the song, but like the songs, it's like so weird, and it's got this like early video effect for the titles. Oh yeah, I think it's just weird. a bad transfer. Yeah. yeah, it could be it. Maybe, but also it also is just sort of like I mean it's 1990, so it could just be something where it's like uh, the movie. No, I mean, you see that a lot. But in the movie has video like, from the in videos from the time because like they just like the the, the masters because they would they would actually make the video masters off of uh, uh like uh prints or whatever source didn't have the opticals on it, so you could make different titles for different markets. Okay, so like if you change the title for Germany, you wouldn't have to make a new master. You could just put new video credits over it. Fair it happens enough. all the time. Fair enough. Well, it looks shitty. It does look shitty. It, it looks shitty at any rate, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was a super lazy choice by this movie that right. is like that is sort of obsessed with its has it has these weird obsessions in it, but then it also seems like it doesn't give a shit. It seems a lot of the time. it seems convinced that it has like a cool dry wit, mm. that it's like this like sort of satire of itself almost, and it's like not funny in the slightest, or at least not intentionally. No, it's very funny. <laughs> Uh, but and I mean, <laughs> and it's utterly boring, like almost defiantly unexciting. And in okay, of a host of terrible choices, the strange music, the odd tone, whatever Deborah Nick, Winger Nick, is no, doing, whatever the fuck Nick, Nick Nolte's, Nolte's hair, hair is number one. 
Because you see his character in flashbacks, and he has perfectly decent haircuts, but he's got this weird bowl cut going ah, on through most of the movie. He's got this weird God, just give me hair up. Just give me a bowl cut. He's got his little bangs combed down, and what the fuck is going on with your hair? pork pie haircut, a little freak. He went to get a haircut, and they're like, so how would you like your hairstyle? like, oh, God, just... Give me a fucking bowl cut. Give me the Dumb and Dumber. God damn it. Uh, you know what? With this whole, the Give whole me way, the Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber. The whole way through this <laughs> Lloyd Christmas. This movie, the thing it reminded me the most of was True Detective. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, because it's like... I liked all of True Detective more than this. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I liked this more or like that okay. more or less. I'm just saying that it's the same. It has the same M.O. as the, the, that guy who... Nick Pizzolatto? Nick, sure. Nicky Pizza? It just is like... It's, the whole it's like, oh, is there is there a bunch of oh, is this stuff going? Is this a, oh, this is going to be this weird thing? Oh nope, it's just nope, it's just this. It's just sort of this. <laughs> yes, Plus, it had, it has so these, much these weird side obsessions, and everybody's acting histrionic all the time. Yeah. It's like very much like reminded me of season two in particular of the best detective. Season. But also the but also the but also the most <laughs> I do like it. But also the most like broke where you're like, what is this? Oh yeah. What this is like four different shows in Somebody one show. Somebody needs to send a copy of this script at chadvelcoro at gmail dot com. <laughs> this this really reminded me of that. But I don't I don't particularly love the first season of True Detective either. I don't right. think it's like the one of the well, greatest shows of all time. Well, that one was all just time. a dream that you had about being a person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I made little uh, people out of kids. If the whole well fir- if the whole first season of True Detective was just McConaughey telling the story of the first season of True Detective and acting it out with those little beer can dudes, yeah. masterpiece. Also Absolutely. At the, also, at the end of this, it had this sort of, like, the thing that, that you know, where it's sort of like, but, like, it's the system that's broken and stuff, right. man, and you can't, oh, boy, everybody wins. Can't Am fight I right? City Hall or something. Everybody wins. How ironic. Or whatever. I don't know. It just, it really reminded me of that kind of, like, bullshit also, posturing. And also, like, the, like, the poet, the poetic, like, insane biker dude or whatever. Will yeah, Patton. Okay, whatever okay. Will Patton's so, supposed to be. Like, that shit totally made me think of, like, all the weird, like, Weird Southern Gothic horseshit yeah, yeah. in, in True Detective. There, anyway, there I just wanted to get that out of the way. Fifteen things that are bizarre about this movie, but one of the strangest things is the the fact that at the end it's like, "Yep, that's what this movie was about: endemic corruption." You're like, "What? <laughs> yeah, right." This, this movie is filled with truly Fruit bizarre, of the poisonous like, tree, huh? <laughs> all of the, the all these this weird color and these these weird characterizations and things that have nothing to do with anything, and then it's just like, "Nah, it wasn't about any of that. It was about this." Yep. You're like. At the end, at the very end, Arthur Miller wrote this. I mean, there is a, there what are the parts. Fuck, Arthur Miller? It's based on his one act play, which I think is called uh, something like a love story. Yeah, and you can really, which I think is supposed to be a comedy. Uh, and you can really see the one act play in the Deborah Winger scenes because yeah. they're mostly in that one room, room, you know. And I can I go like, oh, okay, I can see that this would be. Yeah, it's all her hanging out with the detective yep. character, and like they're having arguments. And, and I stuff. could see that like working as like a play on the stage and then but then you have to then for a movie you got to put all this other stuff in there and there's like bizarre things in it that don't even seem bizarre like you're at Nick Nolte's house and his sister's living with him. Oh, the sister was my favorite part of the movie. No, no, she's fine. But the but there's pictures of kids all over. That crazy lady. There's pictures of kids all over, and then you're like, where are the kids? Where are the kids? And at some point, she's like, I told you I'd come stay with you while the boys were at school or whatever. And you never see the boys. It's never like what? Why? Why? Why put that in there? Are the boys at college? Yeah. What the fuck? Why do we stay with them? I like the sister so much because the sister exists in the real world while the rest of the movie takes place wherever that takes place. Yeah, she thinks. 
movie that she's in is bullshit. Right. Because like every time Nick Nolte is like, so God, I gotta go meet Deborah Winger. She's like, don't do that. She's like, don't do that. Don't. What are you hanging out with that lady for? Oh hell, you know I want to fuck her. Get out of this movie already. Yeah. She. So yeah, Nick Nolte meets Deborah Winger. She is from from completely crazy, most insane person in the history of the world. Completely unaccountable. Won't say basic stuff about anything that she's supposed to know about. Of course, and he's like, I love you. I've fallen in love with you. And his and then his sister will be like, What are you doing? She's crazy. This is dumb. Don't do this. Damn it. She's like the one audience surrogate in the whole movie. But so also, like, wait a minute. Why is anybody doing anything? Also, like Deborah Winger's character, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't say for a long time how she how she relates to this fucking crime that he's investigating. But I he's, thought it was her he, nephew. No, it's I, we, we. There's a very good chance that none of us know what the no, fuck I happened know, in I, this movie. I know what it was, but like for like the first half it? of the movie. He's like going like, and you know, I don't even really know her relationship to this case, but it interests me or something. You're like, well, what the fuck? Don't do it then. What are you doing? I thought it was uh, her nephew. Nope. Felix. He's, no, he's the nephew of the guy that he was put in prison for. Oh. She was having a thing with the doctor. Hold right. on. Hold on. And uh, the doctor was like the supplier of the drugs yeah. for Will Patton, who actually murdered him. Right. But Will Patton murdered him, and then it was covered up by the cops and everybody because they're all all the whole, in on the drug trade. Because they're all in on the drug trade, right? All the way to the top, well, k- top of the mountain, mm-hmm. which includes which includes which includes the, the DA, DA, who's his arch enemy, who hates Nick Nolte, uh, who also who also like was fucking Deborah Winger at some point, and Jack Warden, the judge, who who, Jack he's, who I don't think is in on the on the corruption, but is but like, he wants to fuck Deborah Winger, but he also and he's also like he's also like ah uh, not not willing to rock the boat. Yeah, and like and like overturn, you know, and turn and like right because this movie's about corruption. Eventually, at the very end, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a movie that features a, a woman possibly with multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. That none of that has to do with anything. She just does maybe have she multiple is a, personalities. She is a whore. It's to make it. Yes. It's to make it confusing to the audience. Yeah. Good job, Arthur Miller. It's to Carl it's to, Race too. It's to present a mystery to which there is no satisfying I, answer, and also no one cares. It has nothing to do with any of it. Because obviously the people that made the movie don't care what the solution to the mystery is. Yeah. So no, it's, otherwise, why would he be listening to those, those Redbone, Redbone songs? songs. <laughs> so it's I just, can't stress enough. Leon Redbone, if you haven't heard of him before, it was a 70s act that was trying to do like, this is what white music sounded like in the 30s. And so it's kind of like an, an even poorer man's uh, Randy Newman. It's like it's like yeah. Randy Newman, but five times worse. So it's like... Burp, burp, it's fucking sucks. Automatic tie rack, it's so nice. <laughs> Moving ties from side to side. <laughs> sports bra, sports bra, sports bra. It's just the worst. It's Monsters of Megaphone, horse shit. And, uh, and there's three songs by that guy. It opens and Nick closes Nolte's with Nick character them. loves it. At the very end, after everything's gone out. like, ah, like heck, at least he's got you, Redbone. He's like Redbone comes back. He's like, well, that was the movie that you just fucking saw. Sorry, <laughs> we apologize. Nobody <laughs> apologizes. No, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Leon Redbone should apologize in song form at the end of this. I will give it this. Like as much as as much as this movie sucks, I was like through. This is my impression of me watching it throughout. Like I was like, what? Whoa, huh? Ha 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 ha! Whoa, shit, Jesus! And then at the end, that fucking sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real turd. But uh, but it's filled with crazy shit. It's phenomenally unexciting. Yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't but it's call it exciting. But I was but like, I, I think it's novel. 
That's what. But I mean, it's like doing. But, it's doing a bunch of stuff. I, I think it's. I think it's boring to watch. But doing it, a bunch it, of stuff for no reason. That's Will, what I mean. Will but Patton, at the end, you go like, "What was this about? Like, why?" That's the thing is, you watch this and all the weird choices that are being made, and you're kind of going like. Why though? Why yeah. was this the movie everybody wanted Which, to wake and 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 whence? None of it like, plays into anything. Yeah, it doesn't. And if like if their point was like, isn't corruption insidious? And and like look at the look at the foibles of these of these men that wish to com- combat it. Like fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> it's like this is. Well, yeah. It's totally got that. Like it. It's totally. It's totally like. What if we were? What if we did Cutter's way, but funny? Right. It's like, but don't. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, because you know what's good about Cutter's Way. It's not fucking funny. Just to give you an, yeah. an example, well, everything of, about Cutter's Way is better than this. Movie, well, that's though. what I'm saying. <laughs> Just to but they're trying to do like a bleak kind yeah. of like '70s thing. But like, let's do it. Let's do it like loosey goosey fun. Let's like let's be sly and witty about it. It's like yeah. don't do that. That fucking sucks. A lot of it feels just sort of like. Nobody, they kind of didn't know what they were like. Everybody is sort of like it's totally it, incoherent. Yeah, it's weirdly, it's like it's like, weirdly. Totally. It's, like I don't think that it's like I don't know that whoever people, the people who are making it at times even remembered the point of view that they were supposed right. to be having. But don't you think that like Nick Nolte and Deborah Winger got on board with this because Arthur Miller's name was on it and, and, oh, and Carl Rice? Uh, Nolte yeah. worked with Carl Rice uh, multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah, in a lot, in we'll lots stop, of we'll good stop movies. The rain, so great, I could great I movie. Could definitely yeah. see the actors just kind of going like, I guess. I mean, you well, you must know best. Deborah Winger gets to do a lot in it too. I mean, like I could see her reading that and going like, Yeah, it is. Like, it's it's a meaty it's a meaty bunch. It's a lot of stuff. Like it's a lot of her doing like these these long crazy monologues and like you know and going up and down she's her characters all over the place so i can see her being like i really want to like lean into this yeah uh, Just to get, give you an idea of like the kind of crazy that this movie is sometimes, though. Will Patton, our boy, Will Patton, yep. who's been he's become an MVP in kind of like the latter half of the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. Uh, he pops up as like a lunatic named Jerry, who pr- I believe is the actual killer. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and, he, and he's brother to Chloe from ER. He's completely yeah. insane, and he Kathleen has a, Will Hoyt. He has a cult that he has uh, developed bikers. That, that, of bikers that worships a old Union general, and he stole the statue of him out of a cemetery and is making a weird shrine to him out of, like, neon lights. <laughs> this movie sounds more interesting than it is sometimes on paper. Oh, but always. But he's built a whole shrine to this fucking guy, and he's a complete lunatic, and he dies by, like, riding his motorcycle with his arms out, just like Nicholas Cage, just like Meg Ryan at the end of Angels, uh, City of Angels, City of Angels <laughs> right into a fucking truck. My favorite part it's about that scene, lunacy, this when, movie. When, he, when he drives, when he commits suicide by driving in the truck, it's like, it's really, it's a really long, protracted thing where you know that this is what he is doing the entire time, and the truck is speeding towards him, and he's speeding towards the truck, and cut to the Nick truck, Nolte's right to behind the motorcycle, him going like, to the truck, to the motorcycle, and it's like, I was just kind of curious why the truck didn't stop. <laughs> Yeah. It's a I would have just time. pulled over. There's a lunatic in the lane. He's probably I and he's just literally like got his arms outstretched. Like it's clear that he's like either playing chicken with you or wants you to hit him. Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm the driver of that truck, I'm like, I think I'm gonna stop Pull the car. Over to the right. I'm gonna road. stop the truck. But the driver of this truck was like, fuck it. The guy wants to go. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> give him a one way ticket, pal. Hey, I respect his decision, and yeah. I'll help him on his way to the Poily I mean, Gates. Guy could he could stop the truck, and the guy could still slam into the front. I of mean, it. that's fair. That's but totally at least, fine. At least the at least director would be like, I stopped the fucking truck. Right, I was a stationary target at that point. It's not my fault. <laughs> this was uh, this was. Now not I my drove fault. right into him. Look, I'm on a fucking deadline here. <laughs> I gotta get these 300 cases of peeps to Osseo, Montana, by Thursday. <laughs> Peeps. Well, you just drove through Montana, apparently. Osseo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota was where Osseo was. 
I, I messed it up. And if we haven't met, so that's weird enough. There's lots of weird shit. Deborah Winger occasionally has multiple personalities, so sometimes she'll just be like, I love you so much, Nick Nolte. His name is Tom O'Toole. Tom O'Toole, you're the greatest. You're the God's gift to justice. And she you're loves wonderful. how handsome he is on the and, news. And when he first meets her, this is when he first meets her, she's like, I want you to get this innocent boy out of jail. And uh, and I don't... Uh, I I am very healthy now, and I attribute that entirely to not drinking alcohol and not having sex. And seconds later, they're having sex. And like all of this should be kind of like a red flag that this woman is completely unstable. Hey, she's and it a gets huge worse red and worse flag. from there. I think it's supposed to be funny. I guess. Maybe that's the pro- here's the problem is that like you keep saying that and I keep thinking like maybe but I don't know I'm pretty convinced but just be but but you're right to be suspicious because it's not funny but that's what I mean that's like <laughs> right. if it was like you're saying like I think it's supposed to be funny and you could be right it may in fact supposed to be funny but it's not and right. so it's impossible to tell if that's what they were going for or if Carl Rice who died not too long after this was dying at the time of this <laughs> and was like eh he had too much ether fuck it I don't <laughs> know another ether frolic is it I funny? had actually when I was watching this I did speculate that Arthur Miller wrote this on an ether frolic <laughs> Arthur Miller wrote b- this and was bananas. I mean, honestly, I, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be curious to hear what he said because if he was just if it was like, wow, what's the deal with that movie? It was not good. He, if you if you just go, oh yeah, I know, I but I, they paid me a lot of money for it, <laughs> like you know, like something like that, where it's just sort of like, yeah, yeah, they told me to take this play and make it into a movie. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna put a bunch of weird shit in here, and they gotta give me that two mil even if I do a bad job. I mean, they are. <laughs> they yeah. did. I did. He did okay. do a bad so job. The mo- I think the, maybe the most important. There's a lot of weird shit. And again, this movie sucks. I don't know, don't necessarily recommend it. Um, but this movie is also, and this is why I, I t- generally tend to b- blame Arthur Miller. Is this movie is the dialogue is insane. Yes, completely insane. Uh, I, I recorded one bit that I'll hopefully be posting up on Instagram. But this is this is the dialogue. This is the the point when like Deborah Winger and this is very it all it's it's insane like play like play dialogue where you're like right. it's very theatrical very stagey sound like very stagey. But then it completely goes off the rails and this is when she's like mad at uh, Nick Nolte and revealing kind of like her, he's found out more about her past that she was a prostitute and this and that. And she's and she's mad at him. And but before she goes into this tirade, you get this sentence: "My father raped me, but you don't see me writing books about it." <laughs> Just a great standalone line. And he's like, "What goddamn shit? What?" And then and then she's mad at him for whatever reason. It doesn't take much to like set her off on one of her weird rants. And this is when she's like trying to like, "Oh yeah, just you want to fuck me? Then just fuck me, you fucking fuck." She goes, "Grab onto this, you jerk off choir boy. Try some of this. Get your fingers out of your yum yum. Come come on, grab hold, you fucking milk face. You think you're better? Well, if you can't get it up, then get going. I got a line of guys going out to the street tonight." Wow. Milk face. Get your fingers out of your yum yum. Come on, grab hold, you fucking milk face. Perfect. Milk face. Milk face. Good stuff. And then seconds afterwards, you hear Redbone doing Polly Wally Doodle, Doodle all day. Uh, it's like Boardwalk Empire, where like they'd blow somebody's face off with a fucking stick of dynamite, and it would go. Ooh, an ironic counterpoint. And the dynamite it's in right. the all, coal mine. All the music dynamite in the 20s was cheerful. The- wow. How about that? It's the dynamite brothers. They're coming to town and they blew up that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I've been letting my dingus do the thinking. Yeah, that's so my favorite Arthur line. Miller wrote that line. Dingus. Dingus. Yeah, I liked the part. This is not a, an outrageous piece of dialogue, but I did like the scene where Nick Nolte goes to visit the DA to say that he'd taken the case. 
and and he's like, look, I don't got a vendetta or anything. And then there's a dude he's on the a- other side of the room who's just like, that woman is crazy. She's a prostitute. Don't do this. We're not reopening this case. Like he keeps like interrupting the two guys having a con- well. Actually, he just keeps interrupting Nick. Well, Nolte. that guy's the chief the, of police, right? And the DA doesn't say anything the whole time yeah. until the very end of the scene where he's escorting Nick Nolte out. And he's like, we'll have a drink sometime. Also, you'll never win this case. Also, this is the worst mistake you've ever made in your life. <laughs> Clearly. And that's so obvious, and virtually everyone's telling them that. His yeah. sister's saying that. You get the idea from all these other people that Nick Nolte has been a fairly responsible, reasonable person up I until mean, this bizarre moment where he like puts well, all of his Magna trust into a lunatic. Magna pussy drove right, drove right <laughs> off his eye. What is that from Basic Instinct? <laughs> he got one taste of that furry little pussy. And, uh, he said he's one, got that Magna Cum Laude pussy. Yeah. Thank you, Joe Esterhaus. There's a line in Jade also that's like very similar to that sort of uh, shit. Unbelievable. And there is a lot. I wish of, Joe Esterhaus had written, written this. Not necessarily dialogue-wise, but a lot of just like crazy bitches, huh? Yeah, How right. About those crazy bitches. Well, like a lot of the characters in this are Arthur Miller was cor- mar- are, was married to Marilyn Mon- Monroe. So that's true. a lot of the characters in this are like corrupt cops and stuff, so they don't want him investigating right. it because the kid who's in prison is innocent. Because this yeah. movie's about corruption. But I mean, it is about, it is like ultimately at some points, and it's supposed to be, you think from the b- very beginning of the movie, it's supposed to be about him getting this innocent kid out of prison. Yeah. yeah. And the kid is innocent. And then like, it's pointed out pretty early on, like, oh yeah, Jerry totally murdered that guy, came home. Chloe from ER uh, points out like, oh yeah, while she's coming in and out of a drug it's haze. the lady from Roadhouse. What's her what's Kathleen Wilhoyt. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. I love and her. She's fantastic she's in a movie in called this. Murphy's Law with Charles mm-hmm. Bronson. Oh yeah. One of my favorite performances ever. But uh, she, she she's like, as she's coming in and out of a drug haze, she's explaining that like, yeah, uh, Jerry fucking murdered that guy, came home, or no, went to the police station, and they sent him home covered in blood. They were like, go home, you didn't do this. Because ultimately, Jerry, if Jerry's in prison, Jerry spills the beans on the whole yeah. corrupt town. And that's what it becomes, but you're like, why is that what it's about when it should... Is, shouldn't it still be about getting this kid out of prison? Which uh, they do. Yeah, because he shows up at the end. I mean, he's out of prison at, yeah, the, yeah. at the party because they're having a big party and, for him. And he's like, and the whole thing is supposed to be like, Nick Dolte should be happy about that, but he can't because he can't, he couldn't bring down the whole no, system. But, but at the end, he's which like, is what he wanted he to do. He has like apparently. a wry smile on his face at the end. He's like, well, I guess I didn't bring down the whole system. Well, yeah, because he's going to, because he knows he's going to go listen to some systems corrupt. There's nothing to do. Gonna ride in my pickup and go back to my sister. Apologies from the filmmaker. To the viewing Maybe my public. boys are back from school. I want to make. I want to make two small. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have children. I have children. There's pictures of them on my walls. <laughs> Whose children okay. are like, they? I pointed out. I was like, why are there pictures of these kids on the walls? And Sophie's like, maybe it's him when he was young. Like it's their parents' house. I'm like, I don't think so. They look recent. He and then, has kids. And then at some point, the sister just casually points out that he has boys. And you're like, why isn't that? Why isn't that in the movie at some point? I like, like the part where the sister kids. goes, because he's like, in, you know, becoming involved with his wife Deborah died. Winger. His wife is dead, yeah. He's becoming involved with Deborah Winger and getting into the case against all available advice. And yeah. at one point, the sister just goes, I think I'm going to go home because yeah. you said I could come and hang out while the boys were in school or whatever. But I think I'm going to go. He's like, no, God damn it. Can't go <laughs> Seems like this is and all then later, later when he saw when he quote unquote solves the case, he's like, thanks for sticking with me. She's like, man. I wanted to make two small observations about the kid, the innocent kid. One, Frank Military is the actor, and he got insanely rich producing NCIS. Oh, oh wow, good for him. Doesn't really act anymore, but he's like a great suit, name. He, he produce, yeah, good, good name. Secondly, 
<laughs> this kid, uh, the reason I know that is because I looked him up because I was trying to remember, I was trying to go like, where do I know this kid from? And I couldn't figure out where I placed him from actually being in something. But it turned out it's because he looks like, okay, so you know how in the beginning of the Captain America movie when they make Chris Evans all skinny, <laughs> right? He looks like Mike, they did that to Michael Pere. Wow. He looks like, be, oh, like yeah, before, okay, before yeah. they injected Michael Pere with the super soldier uh, serum, <laughs> yep. that's what he looked like, is skinny little Frank Military and everybody wins. <laughs> there you like, go. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, it's not really scintillating material. Who's been but. driven crazy because he went to prison and he's innocent and he's right. like, you know, and... and he's barely it, holding on. He's he's really lost all hope and yeah. is just sort of like, you got to eat something. I mean, come on. I'm going to get you out of here in a week. And he's like, I don't want to eat anything. I just want to die. He's, God damn it. God God, eat something. Look at my hands. Look at my fucking hair. We ate me. Oh, fuck's sake. I got this pork pie haircut for nothing. There's a whole bunch of scenes where Nick Dolte's just bumbling around and supposed to be like him solving a mystery that we're supposed to be interested in or something, but we know who did it very early on, and so then it becomes this thing where it's like, okay, well, what is the movie about then? And it's about not much. It's about him... This is the shortest. It's so of the, This is the shortest. Yeah, it's of the only like ninety-seven too. minutes or something, and it's. <laughs> I saw the t- runtime when I put it in. I'm like, ooh, and then it like. And then three, it, three like, hours oh later, God. it was still on. It feels so much longer. Because it just than never it really to. creates a full, like, <laughs> fully operating structure or right. anything. It's just like one thing after another, and you're like, I guess they're kind of related. I don't know. Ugh. It's uh, just one random weird, weird little touch that they wanted that the filmmakers thought would be cool to put in, and like, I the I don't. Do you know where they shot it? I I didn't look it up, but uh, I like I like the it's like North Carolina. Yeah, and, like the, uh, the towns that they that they shot it in like look really cool. Doesn't like it the, take place in Connecticut? Connecticut yeah, and North. Yeah, yeah Connecticut. And North Carolina, so I think the like the city stuff is in Connecticut, and yeah. then like the white trash parts are of North Carolina. I really like some of the like you know townscapes. Yeah, some of the locations are really, neat. Is really cool. Like the the place where uh, where Jerry's Jerry's place Jerry's place is like really kind of a cool like it's a weird thing. It's like church. This, he like there's like a a building that like goes <clears> is built into this hill or whatever. So they're always having these meetings on top of this thing. Jerry's threatening to jump off of it at one point, <laughs> and then drives his motorcycle into a truck. He's surrounded. He's surrounded by ex-junkie mo- motorbike guys who, like, are apparently his acolytes, who are also despise him and are always afraid he's going to do something great. It's hard for me to blame life. to blame the actors too much again because I think Will Patton also is a guy who seems to be having a good time. Will Patton is doing, fun in this, doing what he's doing, and I, I think Deborah Winger isn't good in it, but I think she's doing what is asked of her know, from the script and from the, di- from the director and like she's going and she's kind of it almost feels like she, I mean, I she's like I'm like gonna go I'm gonna put this I'm gonna turn this up to 10 and then you guys tell me you if I need to, to bring it down and then they, nobody did and she's like okay yeah. well you have to blame Rice and to some extent Miller because they're the only ones who seem to know what movie they're trying to make and yeah. and obviously the movie they're trying to make involves them allowing Deborah Winger to do that. Right. Uh, but uh, it was a tremendous mistake on all yeah. parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's hard, you know, and you can't, it's hard to I blame her up, entirely. I looked this up, but this movie cost $19 million to right. make, too. I mean, it's full of all this what? stuff that you should God, be thinking you know, is feature, not bug. Yeah. Except yep. that it's bug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It none of this, none of the, none of the weird, cool stuff comes together no at into, all. it's totally know. incoherent and not not narratively incoherent but like no what, narratively it what actually movie is narratively to be? you're pretty you're, it's, it's pretty clear pretty what's easy going on to follow yeah. 
but it's just like why? And then at the why end, the whole though? movie has done a great I like Jack job. Jack Warden in it though, he's fine. Jack Warden's always. Great. I mean, it's did we always... talk about the movie so fine? If you want to watch Jack Warden be hilarious in a movie, you got to watch the movie. I so just fine. saw these jeans got holes in the butts. <laughs> I just oh like my him. god, he's hilarious. I just like it when pants have holes in the butts. How long have the streets been fucked up like this? <laughs> so good. But yeah, speaking of Jack Warden, so the whole movie's been do- the- doing a great job convincing you that Deborah War- Winger is completely untrustworthy and completely insane. I like the scene where he's yelling at Nick Nolte too, where he's like basically agreed that to let to let the kid out of jail. Yeah, and he's like, I think you got to leave this woman alone. You have traumatized her. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. Well, at Jack that Warden. point, she's like moved on to Jack Warden. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm gonna take on the case. I think she's a wonderful woman because he's like fallen under her spell. Yeah. So this is presented as a like uh, irresistible woman who will seduce the person that she needs to seduce. And but every time that we we see her. She seems completely nuts. So, like, it makes no sense. Well, there are so there are, there she are is also, hot. There are also no attractive <laughs> men in the movie at all. Yeah. So all the so, all the men that she's seducing are just like fine. Yes. Oh wow. She inquired. I think People Magazine's <laughs> sexiest yeah. man alive, Nick Nolte. We disagree people, with you. People Magazine's <laughs> People Magazine's sexiest man alive, Nick Nolte, is not the man in this movie. <laughs> people Magazine's sexiest man alive, Jack Warden, of course, right. is in Put, the movie. Take that same People Magazine's sexiest man alive cover of Nick Nolte and replace <laughs> it with a photo of him with that bowl cut and goatee, <laughs> and uh, I think you're singing a different song. No, but like, but but, but, she, but she's constantly pointing out how attractive he is. Yeah. Which is and how great at justice he is. Yeah, and so and so he so like she basically becomes Jack Warden's ward now, and then uh, the, and then the that's movie, the it's end. one of the quintessential like endings where you're like, what? Holy shit! Because it's just sort of like, and now she's uh, now we're gonna get her, we're gonna get her out of there, and nobody's gonna do anything about the the corruption that it turned out that this was all about. And Nick Nolte goes like, ah, well, what are you gonna do? And then it go, goes to a Leon Redbone song, yep. and you're like, what the, the end. fuck? It's just Cause, such a whip. Because because she was gonna because she had evidence that he that he gave that she had that she was she's gonna bring down the whole system and yeah. she's gonna bring down this DA that's Nick Nolte's arch enemy and she's gonna bring down this whole this whole dirty town and all of its you know awful secrets. But no, nope, they're just gonna just enough to get this kid, get out, the of kid prison, out of jail, which is what she asked him, which is what she was wanting him to do in the first place. In the first place. So ultimately, uh, it worked out. Justice for Felix. Felix got out of jail, which is good, and he's like, but he seems like a nice corruption. kid. He's like, hey, thanks for getting and me out look, of prison. Everybody wins. And we they, get actually, another, somebody says that. Yes. Everybody, yeah, they do get to titular and line. So everybody wins, and we get another Leon Redbone song. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> Let's ride a motorbike into a truck. Splat. <laughs> <laughs> What a bunch of horse shit, though. Very, yeah, like, really <laughs> insane, this movie. It's really... This one's... It's funny because it's hard to... It's like... Well, we were talking about Mike's murder and everything we talk about. Oh, and this goes this, and this is that. And that movie is actually much slower than this movie. But it's like all adds up into like a whole piece that when you think about it later, you're like, oh, then this and that. And, oh, man, this is interesting. And this is like... Oh, all these all these disparate scenes that fucking don't add up to anything. Right. And what the fuck were they even thinking when they made this? Uh, usually just a bunch of random crazy dialogue from uh, Pulitzer slash Nobel Prize, possibly Nobel Prize winning uh, playwright Arthur Miller. Uh, you want to go north and south and powder your nose at the same time. Uh, this is this is a one what? point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you say after almost every line of dialogue <laughs> in this movie, except uh, the dingus line. At one point, somebody I think Deborah Winger is actually saying this to Nick Nolte, although anybody could say this to anybody at any time. Do you hear your mouth? Anybody can say that to anyone at any time. Everybody's always saying. Nobody expects it. Her brains are choking. Her thoughts have poisoned her. I think that's Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> her brains are choking. Because Jerry, Jerry, you know, likens himself to like some kind of a Svengali. Messiah or Svengali. 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 
I'm a Sven Jolly. Let's go have a pizza. <laughs> then I'm going to drive my bike into a truck. There's also... Uh, there's you, also ever, you ever play bikey trucky? <laughs> there's also this character that she plays. I mentioned that she sort of has multiple personalities, so sometimes she snaps into like an erudite, yeah. like sophisticated woman, and at one point she's talking to uh, Nick Nolte. She's like, your manner is guttural because your whole life is guttural. Yeah. I love it. There's <laughs> he a he comments on it a few times, too. She, she's like, oh, like now nah, I'm getting this fucking song and dance again. Because she hires, she gets him to go, like, I want you to get this kid out of prison. And then she, he's like, okay. And he starts investigating it. And then she's like, well, don't believe anything these people say that you're investigating the thing for. And he's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do then? And you're like, well, first of all, don't do this. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry that kid's in prison, but figure out a different way, I guess, to get him out. Yeah. Hire Sean Connery to bust into the prison and get him out. Wow. <laughs> what a plan. And, he, and here's he, the, he's the only one who ever broke out of that prison yeah. in Connecticut. Right. <laughs> and here's the playwrightiest horse shit uh, ever. This is just something she says to him earlier on. Your face suddenly looked like the sun shooting out lights. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't like Arthur Miller anymore. Well, and you I know mean, what? He, I used to watch he he never Death liked of a you. Salesman twice a year. He never liked you. <laughs> Live on stage. Arthur Miller, yeah, he actually is true. He did not like me the, the several times that we met. We didn't oh. get along. It was a matter of different temperaments. I mean, what can you do? He, he described you as a piece of fruit. <laughs> he said I he was said a you, piece of fruit. He said you could just eat that orange and throw the peel away. <laughs> that's, that's really fucked up. Cause it's I, fucked cause up. I know about that. I know what the original line is, and that yeah. hurts extra. It hurts. Well, um, yeah. It hurts, Arthur, if you're listening. I mean, this wherever you are, hurts Arthur. This, this movie is a real crucible. If you know oh. oh, my, oh, my. Of sorts. Uh, when you think about it, when you really get down to it, <laughs> this movie's anemic. Isn't it about that? Yeah, about like how how like corruption and stuff. And this how, movie's like, like having a bunch of stones piled on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is like being Stop burned it. at the stake. <laughs> this movie wise like, words from Goody Kevin. This movie's like having <laughs> Winona Ryder accusing Joan Allen of whatever. I thought it was vice movie. versa yeah. or something. No, Winona Ryder's the bad the bad guy. Uh. Yeah. Is uh is, is what's his is what's his name in that? Uh, there D- will be blood in that. D Day's in that. Yep, D Day's in all, that. But D Day is D Day also in the Scarlet Letter? No, that's <laughs> no, that's, no, that's no. Gary Oldman. That okay. would be awesome if he was in the Scarlet Letter. Have was, you seen that? Uh, no. Unbelievable. No. Insanely terrible movie. Uh, from the director of Captivity. Right. But you got to admit, hot stuff. Yeah. Well, when you read that hot. when you read that book, you think, man, this, oh, man. this needs is, more this is, needs this, more fucking. This I read the I read the horny book. <laughs> I read that book with one hand, if you know what I'm that, talking about. That movie is totally like they took the Hawthorne and turned like deliberately turned it into an erotic thriller. It's kind of amazing. That's literally what it is. Well, last time I watched it was like maybe six or seven months ago, and I was like, we should do this on the show. We should do Scarlet Letter because it's basically an erotic thriller. Oh, we could really if, if we could find two more. That might be are, a fun Patreon. If we could find two more period uh, movies yeah. to do, that would be a fun. Let's one figure to that do. out. Let's. I'll, wanna, I'll I look into it. We could find a couple more like period thrillers of, of yeah. that sort that which I bet we can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be All fun. Right. Well, anyways, ratings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, two Juds. Terrible movie. I want to give it one, but it's too too weird to. Yeah. To what does he say in uh, Fear and Loathing? Too too weird to live, too rare to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty it's, much. It's kind of true. Yeah. I mean, I hated it, but yeah, I'm not sure I hated watching it. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like. Two and a half Douglases. There's not a lot of like explicit sleaze or fucking in it or anything like that, but you know, like the the implication of what goes on in the town and that everybody gets seduced by Deborah Winger and and finally for and the it, implication, the, the putting the image in my head of her getting plowed by Jack Warden. <laughs> oh yeah, 
That's real good. That's real good, oh, sex lady. Look, I'm, I'm oh, gonna, yeah. look, while we do it, I'm going to watch these two broads work out. <laughs> uh. There is a part where Jack Warden is like almost, where he's like takes his shirt off because he's got he's finished an exercise. He was on an exercise bike and yeah. he's about to get into the shower and you, you get a lot of Warden. Yeah. Somebody call the Warden. He's warden. I'm warding him off. <laughs> uh, so that was unpleasant. I didn't like thinking about that. Uh, and I'm... <laughs> And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, stationary trucks to run my bike into. <laughs> Just pull it over. Just pull over, buddy. Okay. Oops, I'll get off the road here. Let this crazy person drive by me. There we go. Whoop, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll also, I'll also give it two Juds. I mean, it is terrible. It's it's technically like a half Jud, but it is like fun watching it for some reason because it's just bananas. Uh, and like any movie that features that line with the milk-faced thing, you're, you're just like, milk I watched face. I watched that oh, like five times. Like it's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Douglas's a little bit of sex stuff in that Jack Warden. Like, man, that's a real dose of Warden. Let me tell you. I you know why not? Just he should have been just butt naked. That would have sure. been wild. We all wanted it. Just full frontal Warden. Yeah, well, yeah, it's natural. You see, it's nothing you haven't seen before. <laughs> huh. Something we all wanted. I gotta wash my balls. Why up. do I talk this way now? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. yeah Jack you got nothing on me. See? Jack Warden. Jack Warden. Yeah, get away from me, copper. Top of the world, man. <laughs> You'll never see me naked. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna give it um, ten out of ten milk faces. Wow. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it two Juds. Uh, it's interesting until it's over, and then you're like, "Fuck this movie!" <laughs> yeah, because like, it's kind exactly. of like you're kind of wait. It's one of those movies where you're kind of waiting the whole movie. Like what's the shoe? Gonna, when's the shoe gonna for drop? For the movie to come together, and you're kind of like, "Okay, well, there's a bunch of parts. It still could do it." And then you're like, "It's like one of those movies where, where till the very end, you're kind of going like, okay, and then it's gonna." It's not like Black Widow where you're like, I'm into this movie, and then you kind of see it unraveling, and you go like, ah, I'm not as into this now. I see how this is going to end. It's not It's not as good as I wish. This is sort of something like, okay, when are they going to pull it all together, and it's going to have this ending there where it's like, oh, I see why all that stuff was in the movie, and then it doesn't, and you go, oh, well. Oh, there was well, no reason why oh, all that stuff. Oh, good. So. Uh, so, but still interesting to look at and watch yeah. and uh, listen to. And two and a half, Douglas's because it is... Oh, it also, like everybody's constantly talking about how the Deborah Winger character is such a whore and stuff. So yeah. it's like very, it's just unpleasant to any time a man is talking saying, about her. They're in the saying movie. whore for sure. And saying so, whore for sure. So it's kind of like, uh, and you know, and there's there is there are some like some gropey sex scenes with her and Nolte, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, with that haircut. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah, oh God, <laughs> damn it, God damn it, and I'm gonna ah, give hell, it fucking coming. <laughs> oh, God damn it. God. God, there I go. God, there I go. God, oh, God damn. It's all over the place now. It's on, my, it's on my fucking hands. Got to get a mop. Get a goddamn mop. Got it all over. Got a Kleenex or something. Anything. God, I got to get a new carpet. I'll just wipe it up with one of these pictures of my boys. I can't even reach that spot on the ceiling. Somebody get a ladder. God damn it. What if my boys see this? Uh, boys are coming back from school today. Any second now. God, oh, no, boys. Oh, shit. Oh, boys, this isn't what I'm I was thinking about Jack Warden naked again. God damn it. God damn it, you boys are supposed to be in school. <laughs> and there's like nine. Yeah. There's nine boys. There's so, <laughs> so many. Why do I have so many boys? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, why not? I have a fucking army of boys. <laughs> well, these last two movies had shitty endings, but you can't say this podcast did. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give it five uh, minute Nolte Cummings. I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one arm one one missing army of boys. <laughs> where's Nick Nolte's? Where are the Nolte boys? Where's my army of boys? Where's my army of Nolte boys? 
They're coming home. They're coming home in a body. They're bag. coming home to watch me come. <laughs> I can't. I can't be here. I can't do it when they're not watching. And my boys come home with Deborah Winger. <laughs> come everywhere. It's not gonna. It's not gonna look good. Don't fucking judge me. <laughs> I live the way I want. I'm, America. Ju- I'm just as God made me. This city's as corrupt as the day is long. All I want is for my boys to watch me come. I just want. I just want a better haircut. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and but by the way, thank you. We made it uh, at this point. Actually, this will come out fairly soon. Uh, we made it to the 100 spot. Yeah. We are going to be recording. We're at 101 right now. Oh, yeah. 101, for God's sakes. We're this just blasting That's through. as many of the Dalmatians patrons, as there are. Yeah. That's right. We're so, at that magical Dalmatian. 101 number. patrons. Uh, so thank you. Watch that, out for Corella now. She's gonna come yeah. try and she's gonna come try and turn all our patrons into a coat or something. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll find out because one of them threw her mom off a cliff. Yeah, we'll find out from a uh, different movie that she actually had a very sympathetic backstory. Yeah. She Aww. was a good guy the whole time. Aww. It was good that she was doing that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we we made it, so we're gonna do the four Verhovens. So uh, subs- now never been a better time to subscribe to. Uh, for to our uh, Patreons, go to Suspense is Killing Us a Patreon uh, and get on board. Tons and tons of other cool shit on there. Rate, Rate us, us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Five stars only, please. The silly. Five stars only. Uh, that's it. What that's are we doing next time? What are we doing next time? Are we doing Fuck. the Mammoth next time? Oh, yeah, Mammoth. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do House of Games. Yes. Uh, Heist, Heist and Spartan. Wow. Yes. All oh, right. man. Which you guys, yeah, we've all wanted to I do. I kind of hate one of those. I love one of them, and one of them uh, I haven't seen in a uh, long one, time. We'll one, of, one of them is, is a, Tra- everybody, one of them Travis, is a movie I cover. Travis on. hates Heist. That's <laughs> yes. why they call it Heist. That's why they call it Heist. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to talk some mammoth. I love My it. My motherfucker's so cool. She he hates Heist. Him. I'm a big fan of all three of these movies. Wow. Set, so yeah. set your motherfuckers to receive <laughs> for uh, I'm a for huge David fan of one of them. For our David Mammoth podcast next time. Excellent. Until then the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Well, I went down south for to see my girl. Polly Walla do the low day. She got curly eyes and laughing hair. Polly Walla do the low day. Very well, very well, very well, my very face. I'm going to lose the kind of for to see my suit.